Citizens of the Verse, today is January 10th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and joining us tonight is Mr. No, really, he's still a co host of the podcast. Uh, it's Chekhov. Hello, Chekhov. Hello. And of course, we're joined by Mr. Here Any Night of the Week We Record, Seagard Olsen. Thanks for coming back, Seagard. <laughs> Good to be here. I wouldn't know what else to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> um, now, Chekhov didn't come empty-handed this week. Uh, we're actually joined by two of his relatively new org mates from Slipstream. Uh, we have Honored Heretic and Quaylar. Um, Happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you guys. Um, for those who don't know who you are, uh, Honored uh, and then Quaylar, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and you know your Star Citizen journey so far? Uh, so why don't you kick it off, Honored? All right. Uh, thank you for, uh, again, having us here. I am Honored Heretic. Um, I am the Assistant Chief of Medical here in Slipstream. And of course, I am joined here with our chief executive, uh, Quaylar. I'll let him get into his sort of thing himself. But as for what I do is I help run and maintain the medical side, basically what makes Slipstream search and rescue through our web-based tickets, our Discord tickets, in-game chat, and all that sort of thing. And it's been quite a ride actually honestly and it's a very fun thing it's unlike any experience i've ever had in any other game and if you're new to star citizen and you're looking to help your fellow player and everything in a game loop that's not really available in any other game come on over the slipstream and experience something new I'll let uh, our chief executive, uh, Quaylar here, take over now, and he can give more of a generalized overview for everything else that I'm not a part, well, in charge of, anyway. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Heretic. Um, uh, I would say that <laughs> you know, being part of Slipstream and being part of Star Citizen is a unique thing. Um, Slipstream is a dedicated search and rescue org. What we do is... Uh, Kind of a keen to like other games in fuel rats the whole seals um you'll see some other organizations start this and do a lot of the medical gameplay uh you know we try to pride ourselves on like hey we want to build a community that allows us to you know basically build a foundation of trust respect and just a general fun community playing star citizen is no no easy task for a lot of people, um, especially in the alpha state. So whatever we could do as a community to make everything life a little easier is just beyond um, helpful to new players, old players, you know, people that come in for a patch and then leave for two patches, come back and everything's different. So anything we can do that make that just a little bit easier of a pill to swallow is, is absolutely great. And um, I joined Slipstream and Star Citizen uh, itself in 2015, Slipstream earlier uh, last year, um, just to help other people. I saw what they were doing. I said, this is a really cool thing. I had done a lot of fuel stuff in Fuel Rats and wanted to help that same kind of mentality of, let me go and help these other guys. So um, it's definitely uh, an experience uh, helping other players. You get to meet a lot of cool people. A lot of people appreciate what you're doing and there's, there's really no greater feeling than, you know, helping another player that has just been 
thrown through an elevator by 50 floors and then get back up just to spawn in a bed and have to, you know, revive themselves in a hospital immediately. So it's been a, been a cool ride this year. I'm happy, uh, happy to be here. Awesome. That's yeah. That's exciting. Actually, if I may add something, um, so the I think the Sleepstream just rolled out something new and cool. So for those of you that actually have their own uh, Discord server or a part of a Discord server, whether it's active or or a smaller one, it doesn't really matter. You can actually install Slipstream request bot right inside the server, which is I find very convenient. So you don't have to get out into a browser. Right from Discord, you can request the rescue. And Quayla, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The rescue doesn't have to be only a medical rescue, right? It could also be uh, support if you <clears throat> being ambushed and you're doing a oh, excuse me cargo runs or uh, being attacked and uh, right so there are different types of rescues right oh for sure um you know this is one thing that really sets star citizen apart from elite dangerous is that you know elite dangerous uh started with basically the fuel rats being the only thing that you could really do um you can only participate in bringing people fuel that were far off and in outer space that you couldn't typically get to a nearby station you know they added whole seals a little later um to do the engineering gameplay loops to help repair ships in star citizen you have kind of both of those um you know we're in 318 now with salvage and repair you know we've seen the first inklints of a, a repair system soft that starts in. yeah exactly you know soft i think the um the whole repair you know it's still, it's very limited in what it could do but it's the first instance of that and um substream has always prided itself on being the kind of the first you know we we have a whole science and logistics group not because just we want to be you know essentially the fuel rats for star citizen but we want to also make sure that we're learning the bugs the gameplay and there's many like you said there's many different types of rescues that we can do um i mean there's uh, more often than not and this is funny enough to say and like you know in late dangerous you're strapped to your chair you can't get up can't walk around I think we've had just in the last uh, maybe two months, maybe three or four different rescues come in of people who have fallen out of their ship and are on their way to the, you know, dying by crashing into a planet. And um, and we've had to swoop in and literally capture them with our ships. You know, there's no other type of game out there right now that allows you to do such kind of rescues. Yeah. Um, and it's just an immense, uh, immense fun experience when you're, you know, you know, you're throttling up and down trying to capture somebody matching their speed. Um, and so that's just one example of a, a certain rescue operation that typically can't happen. I want to add on to that whenever. So um, quite recently, actually, this happened, oh, I think, only a couple days ago. Um Myself and quite a few org mates, we were actually doing a um, sort of photo shoot for media, website, YouTube videos, basically just having it and then so we can use it. And midway going through that, we were uh, actually heading over to Microtech, specifically the Reclaimer derelict, Ghost Hollow. And when we arrived, there was nine tails there, so we kind of just mowed them down with our ships. And whenever we arrived at the location and got on the ground, there were actually two players there, and they shot at us. And since we kind of outnumbered them, we shot back and downed them. We didn't kill them, of course, because they... Of course, it could have been miscombination, like communication and whatnot. So while they were incapacitated, we just quickly 
touch base and was like, what's going on? We got both sides of the story. Long story short, it was their first night in the game and they got rescued by us. They saw a whole org fleet descend onto them, which unfortunately for us, since we were the ones flying that fleet, we weren't able to see that but i'm sure it was really cool because we had a carrick we had like maybe three c8 c8r pisces and just trying to remember some like gladiuses or whatever if i'm remembering collect uh correctly but we had a lot of ships (laughs) for that uh thing so it must have been really cool and after that like i remember one of the guys saying to me before we parted ways he originally thought that he wasted his money on the game, but after that experience, he wanted to play again. That he is excited for the next time he came on. Yeah, which that, that's is, really cool. Which yeah. is the beauty of like the medical gameplay and just orgs as a whole. Because um, Star Citizen is an alpha. We all know this. This game's been in development since the dawn of time. The game's been around for 10 years and it's still an alpha. And despite that, despite all of the really good advancements and changes because this game looks completely different to the game say six years ago or so if you can find a really old video on YouTube they, they almost look like two different games now. And despite that, a lot of the content that makes Star Citizen fun is the player-driven content opposed to, I find, the CIG content. That's just me personally, but that's where orgs as a whole come in. They just generate a lot of this fun content. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if you know about our sordid history, but that was, I think, a a big thing for a lot of us here on the show because, you know, we started the show because of the org we were in and trying to recruit and get ourselves out there. And having the org itself um, was what kept us coming back because it certainly wasn't for patches. Um, You know, patches come and go and sometimes they have a ton of great content and sometimes it's not so much um or you know your game performance would get worse um luckily now that's not seemed to be a factor uh, as much but <laughs> you know it's really about the player base and our ability to continue to generate this fun stuff and now you have these di- dynamic events and other things that wrap around that that enable more player driven um experiences which is awesome well, I can assure you one thing after my time in the PTU, that Gen 12 renderer would be making this game smooth as butter, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty great. It definitely um, does do a lot. It's pretty great. And 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 it's not even optimized yet, you know? It's just it's just I know, added. that's the crazy part. <laughs> it's just in. <laughs> um so I guess uh, before kind of, you know, we wanted to ask you some more questions about Slipstream and everything, but I guess yeah, before certainly. we dive into that, um, I would love to just hear what everyone's been up to this past week. So if you don't mind, Honored Heretic, why don't you kick us off? What have you been, what have you been up to in the game the past week? What have you been doing? 
Uh, a lot of it, actually. Um, I've only been on the game a little bit as of late. Um, outside priorities, like college starting, has kind of kept me out of the verse, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean <laughs> I've not been a part of the verse anyway. I've been very doing micromanaging and kind of jumping on the game where I can and just helping out org members, you know, flying my way too expensive 890 jump, of course, every so often, and just seeing where people need a hand, basically, and mm -hmm. just keeping things running, basically doing the little maintenance that needs to be done. And if someone leaves it, for too long it kind of will just get out of hand that's basically mm -hmm. mostly been my week i haven't had too much of an exciting week this week anyway but yeah okay cool um quailer how about yourself what have you been oh. up to what have I not been up to? That's the problem. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, uh, with PTU being live, it's one of those things of um, oh, it's just PTU. going and doing absolutely everything I can. You know, one of the biggest things that I've always tried to preach. I mean, we we at Slipstream just have our whole logistics and science division specifically for issue council finding. That's what they were created for. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. we've had, I mean, even Heretic, he gives himself less credit. Like um, just last week, uh, we were playing in the PTU <laughs> when we found that the 890, the hangar, didn't have uh, gravity inside of it anymore. Um, and uh, the actual hangar door itself, when you opened it up on the top, um, didn't have gravity anymore either. And a lot of orcs, you know, ourselves included, used that as a way to kind of travel and transport small fighters and ships so you know like a little mini carrier um which isn't the intent of the a90 and uh, it was posted to um to reddit you know we were trying to find other people that could duplicate it because we collectively duplicated it and uh literally within i think it was uh maybe eight hours cig actually responded to that post yeah i think and, it was and the very next day there was a patch for the ptu and that was one of the patch notes on there so you know we've been very active on the issue council um, and even this week alone, um, we're testing out a, we have some issues where, um, for example, the soft death itself, you know, salvage tool, turn off your ships, repair your ship or salvage your ship, the shields are down. Uh, currently, you can't actually salvage your own ship, even with the shields are off. Um, and we think this is an intentional issue, but, you know, we've issued counsel this too. And this is what we've been testing this week is, you know, what can I do to break the game even more than it already <laughs> is? Because, uh, right, you know, that's what PTU is for. And um, that's something that I've been really excited to do. So we've been uh, trying to break the game, uh, salvage some ships, um, trying to do the repair thing. You know, what ships don't work with the repair tool? Uh, you know, and then also we're, you know, with 318 and the soft death, we actually are doing experiments with, okay, what do we do in PTU or in live when 318 goes live of how do we get into a ship when it's soft death? You know, it's some of the older ships like the freelancers, the airlocks are very tiny. They don't quite work as well. The constellations are the same way, but you know, mm -hmm. a lot of the newer ships like the, um, like the Corsair that has an airlock dedicated to it, it's a larger one. It's made for the new movement system that isn't out yet. You know, we've been practicing, okay, let's soft did this ship, see how easy it is to navigate with no atmosphere. You know, that's, so that's something that's really exciting of, you know, being able to board a ship. We've never been able to do that before. And to my knowledge, that's the first time in, in really any space game that you've been able to, you know, fly from a planet, go to space, no loading screens, no anything, immediately destroy a ship and then just board it and fly around and, you know, zero G grabbing whatever you want and then leave. So it's been a really exciting week for me, especially because, um, we've just been making things explode and trying to dismantle as much as possible <laughs> this past week. So, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. but yeah, that's that's what we've been up to this past week. Awesome. Um, Seagard, what about yourself? Uh, I've been getting in a little bit. Um, I wanted to try a couple things. Uh, nothing really spectacular. I just like, uh, checked out whether the... Man, I had my fingers crossed. You know me and the Aurora. The uh, I was really hoping I could the load cargo. And see a cargo pod. No, no. no. Uh, I flew a couple other ships around. Just uh, I was out there with Mister Tim the other day. We took out a Cutlass Black and kind of had fun uh, chewing up a Terrapin that was just kind of floating around, and then uh, landed at a uh, one of the mining sites. And I uh, found a buccaneer down there. Didn't do anything with that, but it was red. And then I uh, opened up the first building, and there's a dead guy in front of the uh, in the airlock. <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll loot that. <laughs> so I'll loot that. Clearly, that's who belonged to the uh, air. And then I uh, went around and bought some cargo. Um, I just tried to sell it. Little things like that. You know, just went back and tried to sell it at Area 18. We landed. Uh, got out, tried to sell it, and it said that the ship was actually at the uh, at the uh, space station, still in orbit. Uh, but we had already landed, so and uh, and parked it, so that was kind of weird. That was a glitch. But uh, other than that, just horsing around in the game, light stuff, nothing, nothing real intense. Okay, great. Um, check off. How about yourself? Besides immersing yourself in a brand new org, <laughs> check off. Are you on mute? Sorry. I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying I missed kind of the whole org play, so I was trying to get involved, learn, participate, and everything that they were doing. And uh, also, I'm not really in PTU, but I was watching a lot of players uh, do some salvage game in PTU. I mean, that's as very very interesting and amazing actually i mean you know me i do a lot of mining but salvage is definitely looks interesting it's Mm -hmm. setting a lot more complex than mining uh, from what i'm seeing so far i mean pretty involved and it's uh really cool stuff yeah Yeah, it's funny you were saying i sorry uh i was gonna say you know it is you had mentioned right off the bat when you found uh slipstream that uh that they had the energy we used to have. <laughs> you know, and and you're right. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, yeah, the energy is there. You guys sound awesome. So, yeah. yeah, I was like totally off. You know, you would come in maybe once a week. Now I'm on like almost every night. I got that <laughs> whole spark back, you know, because, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the org is pretty active. You know, everybody's doing something. All I got to say, Geeky Seaguard, you can always apply at uh, slipstreamstar.com. Just saying. Check off already sent us the links and everything. Well, remember, you guys, can, you guys can also always dock at the parlor house. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, parlay is not really a, a, an org. It's just oh, a yeah, place yeah. to come together. Yeah, yeah, it's we not mutually exclusive. Other guys for it. That's um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I I guess my week. I've actually got to play the game. It's a rarity um, these days. It seems. I feel I that. Even, I was even away um, for a little bit this weekend, but I still managed to play in the PTU. Played some. Finally, 
got some salvage gameplay in and it is a really delightful um experience um for me i i think i think granted the long-term aspirations for salvage are what really get me excited just because you know while it's sem- fairly involved right now <clears throat> in terms of having to get out of your seat and actually move the cargo around or if you're in a a crew trying to move it around um it's really cool but um you know just thinking about having to strip it from of components and and all the other fun stuff that could come out of that gameplay that feels a lot more engaged than mining um from my point of view so you know it's been really fun it'll be a fun way to make money in the next patch we were talking the the other day um about a lot of people are committing to doing a zero to hero um with oh, the launch yeah. of 318 i'm considering it but i'm kind of afraid because i want to i want to salvage <laughs> and i feel like that's kind of cheating because it's very profitable right now um well, so what is what is i want to cheat uh salvage oh okay <laughs> yeah it's yeah, kind of like, really profitable right now yeah it's at the same point it? like uh 7k or something per scu box or something mm-hmm. more. So it's, it's like valid. almost the same price as quantanium yeah, a, full, yeah a fully loaded vulture without without playing with the grid at all just using the grid itself is ni- over 90k and you and- can do it in 20 minutes yeah, it's really quick too. Like I'm surprised because most of the salvage you find is like next door to a Lagrange point space station, mm-hmm. so you don't have to go <laughs> to like the Aaron Halo or Lyria like with Quantanium. While don't get me wrong, I love mining, but salvage might actually be faster. Yeah, I think at this point it is, and it's less risky with Quantanium being highly dangerous. Yeah, it's definitely oh, at work. a point that um, that mining was, I think, in oh, probably got 315 when we first had a lot of the major mining things of everybody did mining because you could easily, you know, if you mine for an hour where you've made over two mil, you know, because mm-hmm. refining wasn't a huge deal yet. You didn't have that risk of quantum exploding. And I imagine there's going to be a risk at some point of salvaging, having some kind of negative downside, kind of like quantum you know being unrefined maybe some sort of thing of you know these parts only are good because these you know you housed electrical batteries inside and you have to remove it so you got to take it to a, a filter station or something like that yeah yeah 100 percent. or you may have to make it so that it's safe to deconstruct the ship so it doesn't mm-hmm. explode it, i think it'll be very in-depth um to some degree yeah, it's really exciting. I, certainly, I'm sure they'll put in balance. They just want us to play the gameplay loop now. <clears throat> so well, one of our uh, org members was trying to, well, he was testing an exploit to see if he could salvage the vulture itself. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he turned off all the shields, but that didn't work. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, I think it was right when the PTU patched. It was gold. But I was browsing uh, the subreddit for uh, Star Citizen, and there was like one post for a dude being like, man, I can't have anything in Loreville. and just shows his vulture completely <laughs> yeah. like salvaged. And then like an hour later, there's this guy posting a video 
salvaging that exact person's <laughs> vulture, being like, don't leave your vulture unattended or whatever. And it, it was hilarious. <laughs> that's pretty good. So that's definitely something that I think, you know, as much as PTU 318 definitely has brought around salvage and the repair stuff, that's something that I think we've been kind of underappreciating just as a community as a whole is the fact that the Pez is working I think more or less fallacy, like to the point where it's not even like we don't even expect any kind of negative reactions or negative issues with it right now because it's it literally hasn't any source of the bugs hasn't been related to the persistence. You know, the fact that some guy can come along and park a ship here and then die and their ship stays and then some guy comes a day later and might you know salvages that ship i mean that's that's just common you know that's common now that's something that would be unheard of just i mean what three months ago yeah i i yeah. I'd just like to say uh the train that i rode at microtech going into the ninth dimension says otherwise about pez not being buggy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the the trains in Microtech do the weirdest stuff, um, I noticed. Um, it sort of like dips underneath the ground and or something's not streaming in. I've seen it derail a couple times, too. Like, you're just yeah, that's one minute like. on the track, <laughs> next minute you're like 10 feet away from the track. <laughs> next thing you know, you're like at the North Pole of Microtech. Hey, I would take, you know, buggy trains and a little bit of a longer detour through Microtech than going through an elevator and ending up in the space station somewhere else or, you know, losing my head for a day. Um, you know, anything is better than the elevator mess. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. Um, awesome. So, uh, you know, maybe we should have done it a different order now I'm thinking about it, but... I, I would love to hear a little bit more about sort of, you know, how you guys are keeping such an active org and, and a little bit more about how Slipstream has been accomplishing that. Yeah. So I think the definitely the biggest thing is we consistently, you know, our, our whole thing, Slipstream itself is kind of a, a, not a motto, but kind of like the general foundation of what we want to do with the org is, you know, we ride the curtails of what's happening. You know, we're, we're part of the flow that goes with Star Citizen. It was founded to be a specifically Fuel Rats-like community of helping other people. And I think that's what really helps us. You know, we went from, uh, we literally had, I think it was 20 members in May, and then we went up to 100 by November. And then from November 1st to the 1st of December, we went up to 200. Um, and that all of that growth and everything comes from, you know, just us consistently being on. And the reason why we're on is because we're constantly evolving our rescue system. We're constantly out there. We're playing the game, but we're not limiting what people can do. You know, we're we're bringing new people in. We're showing new players around. I mean, we're, we're pushing the guide system. You know, we're saying, hey, you know, don't just use, we don't ask people to market for us. You know, it's a very, the biggest thing we say is you're a volunteer. You know, I don't care if you come from evil organized, you know, you, you want to be a pirate in your free time. I don't care. You want to come help people, come join us. You know, we, we want you to be helpful and having that kind of open door policy of come in, let's play the game. I mean, we do funny things, you know, I think the group that we have, <laughs> I mean, uh, like we have people who joined us specifically because we uh, we did Jumptown once and the whole thing we did was we 
always said like you know we want to do jump town but we're really not a, we're not a security org and we don't want to be and a lot of us don't care for that kind of gameplay but we want to do jump town so how can we make jump town fun for people who don't do combat well we got a valkyrie oh. and we all own ptvs let's just let's just go above jump town and just drop out of ptvs and and see how long we last you know let's just bare bones it and see what happens <laughs> and so you know coming up with unique things i think uh we have two events upcoming on the docket that we've come up with that we you know we seek the feedback and we don't care how crazy of an idea it is it's something that you know we want to do make the game fun make what can you do in star citizen you can't do anything else i think one of the things upcoming is uh you know i touched on this earlier about capturing people we're holding a citizen capture contest uh to jump off of a a carrick and then have people attempt to capture the person that's falling before they you know inevitably splatter onto a plant you know it's, Mm -hmm. it's that kind of gameplay that's like you know, let's create a you know, even though Star Citizen is a very realistic thing, let's show that Star Citizen doesn't have to be the gritty, you know, buggy mess. Let's do what works. You know, find the things that work in Star Citizen and focus on that. So I think that's really contributed to a lot of our activity, but it's also of you know the management. You know, the chief system that we have uh, it really encourages people to play because we've got the three groups, um, so you get kind of a little touch of both. You're not limited to each of the groups, but you're also not limited to what you do. And so a lot of these chiefs play daily. I mean, myself, I'm, I'm on almost every day, but that's not because of anything in particular other than, you know, I've made friends through here. And, you know, every time we go out and we say, you know, someone says, oh, I'm stranded in the sun because I bedlogged and my ship is now in the sun in the middle of the system and I have no hydrogen fuel or no, you know, no quantanium. But I'm like, oh, well, we'll go help you. And then, you know, you, you can't ever hear the, you know, people who hop in the Discord for a second say, you know, they need help. And it's, you know, some kid who just got the game for their birthday or, you know, um, an older guy who's played the game for 30 years. It's the same everywhere. It's like you've made this game bearable. You know, you've made this work. And I think that's what's really kept our activity up is just that constant influx of people coming in and saying, you helped us out. And the best word is we don't ask for anything. You know, we, we do this ourselves. We join and we say, we want to save you. We want to help you because we've all been there. We know what it's like to get killed by an elevator. We know what it's like to go through the train, you know, the crazy train of Ozzy Osbourne on Microtech. We know what it's like, <laughs> you know, to go through, you know, bunkers. And, you know, one day it's the most inconsistent thing. One day you go in and you can wipe a, you know, a full bunker, no problem. And the next day you go in and you're killed by a guy behind a wall. So we've all been there, yeah. you know. We, we're like the support group, you know, that just wants to help the community grow. And I think that's really contributed to how fast we grow and just what maintains our, you know, our general day-to-day of let's play the game. And, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you think of playing Star Citizen, you, I think we've all seen that meme where it's like hmm, thinking of playing Star Citizen versus actually playing Star Citizen. It's like, well, we're counter to that. You know, let's just just play the game. It doesn't matter if it's buggy. It doesn't matter if we do it. Just play the game have fun with people, meet new people, help people. And, and that last part right there is really what helps the activity, I think. Just helping other people. Another thing I'd want to add, uh, we also had a event recently. Actually, I think it was with the most recent Jump Town 2 that Quaylar uh, didn't mention. Um, while we do these really funny, not-so-serious events occasionally we will do a bit more of a serious event more akin to a milsim not quite as strict as a milsim but like more on the serious tone and um during our most recent jump town event uh we all discuss well mostly in management anyway we kind of discussed being like what quailar said earlier we're not a security org 
how can we participate in Jumptown but still be search and rescue? So we had the idea of getting a bunch of us together, locking down Jumptown, and basically being like peacekeepers and openly saying in chat that if you want to come to Jumptown and you're not going to shoot anybody <laughs> and just stick around your ship and hang on, you can have as much drugs as you want. <laughs> but the second you fire upon, we're going to warn you saying stop doing that. And if you continue doing it, we're going to kill you and basically evict you from the premises while we are holding down Jumptown. And it was a great success. There was yeah. a lot of players who came in, actually respected the rules. We had a couple people come in and try and disrupt that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun for us as a whole. I was with uh, the chief of medical, and we were running a little medical team. We had a ground team that was actually processing the drugs and giving it to players outside the drug facility. We had, like, air recon and everything. It was a really cool, well-organized, and just a really good experience that yep. can't be found anywhere else. Yeah, yes. and I, I would agree with that because it's actually first, and I've been playing this, what, for two plus years. It's the first time I experienced a really organized play, and we must have had 40 people on in different rooms. The comms were organized. Everything was organized, and I think we held down, jumped out, what, for three hours? Three hours, yeah. About, yeah, it was about three hours, and yeah. uh, we had... Um, of course, each person in different Discord voice channels, and um, we were actually doing something really cool. So anyone that's listening or anyone here on the show right now, if you guys actually play Arma 3 or have been in Arma 3, there's a mod on there called uh, TFAR or Task Force Arrowhead Radio, if I remember that correctly. And basically, it's like an in-game radio. Now, Star Citizen kind of has that in-game with VoIP. Whether it works or not, you might as well flip a coin on it. So we actually took a program i i don't quite know the full name of it we just call it srs and it's basically that sort of in-game radio but on the desktop of the computer so we were talking in our respective discord channels but we were communicating inter like in, with one another, despite being separate channels, through SRS via like a radio system, oh, and no, it was no a wonder, good success. No wonder I was thoroughly confused because I did not have the <laughs> SRS installed. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> only for squad leads. Yeah, oh, so the okay. way that it worked is uh, um, we it's called a DCS SRS. Um, it's like Thank you, a standalone radio system, I believe. Um, yeah, I, a, I play DCS. I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's there cool. you go. Uh, uh, so it's just basically the the thought behind that whole event, and I'm glad he brought that because I I completely I don't know why I forgot about it, but I mean it's you know that's a good example of I think how we made our activities. We took the event that's known for people 
just to be griefing, you know, I mean, not really griefing, just going in like, oh, you know, friendly A2, you know, I think we've all heard friendly A2 inbound. It's, it's just what's going to happen. Is JT safe? Yeah, it's Jumptown safe. And you know what? So <laughs> we, we took that, you know, that tagline there, is Jumptown safe? Well, yeah, it is. You know why? Because we're there and we, we held it for you. You know, I mean, that's our that's our literal, you know, I don't want to keep sounding like a pitch man here, but it's only our motto. It's, uh, it's for free for you, you know, and so that's our motto forever, you know. So we... um. We wanted to hold Jumptown to allow people who have never experienced Jumptown to go experience Jumptown without having to worry about the PvP, without having to worry about anything. And I think we actually had people that night who showed up in like a Pisces, came, didn't say anything, just took the drugs, respected, I think uh, did a wave to one of our guys, left, came back like an hour later, refilled the Pisces, left again. Actually, um, <laughs> that one guy... Uh, I think he showed up in a Pisces, and then I think he actually came back either in a Freelancer Max or oh, yeah, a more. It was yeah. really funny. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like so fun that we allowed people to experience a part of the game that they've never experienced before, and I think we actually gained a few members from that just because they had saw what we were doing and like, hey, these guys, you know, these guys aren't. They're playing pirate. They're not playing a security. They're not milsim, you know. And we made it a requirement in our Discord. It's like. The general thing for our, you know, our activity levels, just kind of circling back to that again, is like we use Discord almost exclusively, and so we make it to where you could be in our Discord, and that's all you have to be in. You don't need to join another system. You don't have to join, you know, DCSSRS. You don't have to join anything else. You can be in Discord. Everything we use integrates into Discord. So, um, I mean, even the Star Citizen stuff we do, you know, that DCSSRS the gameplay itself integrates into Discord as far as the rescue tickets and beacons and all that stuff. So. It all just adds up together to create one kind of coherent, you know, organization experience where we don't have to rely on, you know, star citizen systems or third party systems. We could just play the game and people can come in and jump into a voice chat and say, how can I help you? You know? Yeah, I just want to reiterate one last thing. DCS, SRS, and any other programs, those are completely optional. The only thing you have to, like, quote-unquote third party you need would be Discord, because that's kind of our main hub of organization and coordination. But other than that, everything's free game. Yeah, I feel like uh, <clears throat> sort of on-topic, off-topic, it feels like Star Citizen has an uphill battle to try and find a way to bridge the fact that people are using Discord so mm -hmm. much to organize themselves because it is so useful for um, sure. We're doing so. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I think there's some suggestions in our Discord um, pro following a prompt of Seaguards last week that um, are interesting. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's great stuff. Uh, Seacard, uh, do you have any questions for the group? No, I've been listening. It's it's good stuff. I mean, uh, and Chekhov has explained a lot of it to me already. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you now for your search and rescue? Obviously, the C A R Pisces is uh, big. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, if you don't mind me interjecting nope. with that, so. For the longest time, because it was either you do it in a cutty red, or if you have enough time or IRL cash, you would do it in a Carrick or an A90. Those were about the only two rescue vehicles. So a lot of the time, especially when I first uh, came in the slipstream, um, we would run a 
cutlass red a lot of the time and of course some people did it solo or in the case of myself and the chief now before he was the chief of medical we were kind of running it in a two-man team and uh yeah now with the c8r and everything it's just it's a very good addition to it because it lets you do it like with the cutty red or pair it with a larger ship like the character the 890 Mm-hmm. Yeah, is uh, the Cuddy Red does not have the same level of mid bed. It has a lower level as the C8. I think they're the same, actually. Okay. Yeah, they're the same. They are the same. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're the same. It's a tier three, I believe, the lowest level. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's tier three because Carrick and 890 have tier two, and then um, tier one is exclusively to like Kelto RXs and the hospitals. Yeah. Until, of course, like the Galaxy releases with its medical module, then that would be different. But Which, I mean, I don't know if the general feeling here is, but I mean, to me, the C8R kind of redefined uh, the game a little bit, in my opinion, just because it literally created the very first iteration of what we could see as a, you know, a scout ship, large ship gameplay. Because even though we had the C8X before, there was literally practically no use for it, you know, short of just kind of like RP scenarios of getting into the or character and getting into it. Yeah, there was no yeah. real use for it. But now I think I've seen more people that have swapped out the C8X for the C8R, put in the Carrick, just because of how, I mean, even our org, just because of how useful it is that there's more people running C8Rs now than there are Cuddy Reds. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm running one. And of it's each. so fast. So. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fast. <laughs> yeah. Now, how do you uh, how do you guys feel about uh, ground vehicle ambulances? Uh, any chassis or platform <laughs> you're oh, favoring would... <laughs> over, like a Spartan medical vehicle or a I Ursa Rova? Personally, Ursa um, Rova. With me as the, of course, assistant chief of medical, <laughs> I would give my entire life savings to Chris Roberts and CIG if they would give me a medical Ursa Rover. So you're in college right now? Yes. So, so I don't have a lot of life savings. That's not a new thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree entirely with that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to be a thing. I, the Ursa Rover just... I, I like the premise of it. It's got the kind of front, you got the little cabin, you got the back area. It's just not, it's not the ideal hospital layout for me. I just, I think the the Atlas platform they have with the ballista and stuff, I can see they, they definitely want to like the reusability. So for me, I, I genuinely believe repurposing the same Atlas platform and using a little medical, more of a, instead of an actual true ambulance, more of a kind of a medical tow behind trailer is what I, I I think I would like to see. I think it would now, be more unique to Star Citizen. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of like you. I think the Ursa Rover would be a good platform. Uh, it's kind of like the inside of an M113 medical track. Hey. We could have two tr- two cots on each side. But uh, the one I didn't hear was the mule. Oh, that's it. It's interesting. <laughs> the mules, uh, I mean, with how tiny it is, um, would be very and unique platform. It would be delivery. really. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the best idea. Just make the mule be like the world's smallest, like. 
pickup truck forklift kind of thing. Yeah. Just get rid of the big hump on the back and then just slap a little medical bed. No cover what? or anything, just exposed to the elements. Just lying in the bed like Drake <laughs> slapped it on. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's what I was thinking, there. actually. Think of like a little, uh, like almost like the sleep bed for the Aurora, you know, on the back <laughs> wow. of it. Yes. I, I, yes. I, 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 I we should put a cot in the back of a nomad. That's what we should do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a nomad the other one you could do is you could do a seat like they have in the back of the um, uh, what's the uh, the oh the, it's Anvil oh it's the it's mm. the bounty hunter ship with the oh single. the Liberator no, no, the, no, no. or not Liberator. Uh, Hawk, hawk, that's the hawk. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So you could take the hawk and have a seat, or take that seat type of thing that works in the, in the hawk and have two of them on the back of the vehicle. They kind of just come down, two on each side, and then you put the patient in, and it rolls back up and concludes, oh, concludes it. You're talking about like a um, uh, kind of uh, go kind of a little IRL here. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit of a history buff with things. You're you're referring to um, uh, like the Bell 47D, um, which is most commonly known as the Grasshopper helicopter, where like you kind of got the two sides where you can store people inside and carry them around. For yep. popularized by the show Mash, if anyone ever yes. seen that yep. fun show. I, I think we should just uh, turn Nomad into a Hearst. Yeah, you go. Nomad would be a good one with a module on the back. That would be a real good one. That would be a challenge. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I'm curious with the Nomad. You know, it's kind of, I would say, one of the most slept on starter ships that we don't really look because it does have that open area that, you know, it would be interesting if you could, you know, maybe put. the rolling carts that we already have in the clinics and stuff and have little slots you can connect up to in the back. And so you can really roll people onto there and then there's some kind of like shield that goes around or maybe it even isn't yeah. even open cascade. You know, I could see that as a possible medical alternative. I just say, let him die. <laughs> you know, if you had to ride in that monstrosity, yeah, just let him die. Like, it's just, wow, that's right. that's don't, don't, don't worry, everyone. Take your equipment. <laughs> don't worry, everyone. Chekhov is, uh, Still in training, don't worry. Yeah. That will not happen during any rescue ticket. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Uh, I think, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about the mule, we, we talked about the um, put it on the uh, sides of the hawk or the back of the hawk and the, the Bell 47. I think the mule with the, the little, was it three SCU boxes on either side? I think that would actually be perfect because you could put a patient on either side and just drive up into a larger ship like a carrier yeah. or any other ship that fits it. That, that actually probably would be a decent little mobile carrier for yeah and it would fit in most ships too it would even fit in a cutter too Mm -hmm. yeah i uh i keep going back to earlier where um you were talking about the um atlas platform and i i was thinking about it and wouldn't it be a really good combo with my favorite ship the carrick if the atlas platform itself only had the front part of the chassis and i think that would fit in the front and then the pods that detach from the carrick could be towed by the atlas platform and one could be a med pod one could be like an advanced like you know forward forward battle station or something like that 
I don't. Um, that would be really cool. See, I don't I know if a... I'm gonna blow your mind here. Maybe you may already know this, but it's it sounds very similar to the um, the Argo series, the Argo MPUV cargo and personnel. Mm-hmm. So they're they're mm-hmm. made to capture the escape pods from other ships. Yep. Is their whole purpose? Um, I, I think I think that would actually be interesting if there was a a dedicated ship repurposed to just doing that specific thing, like the Atlas ground vehicle. Maybe I would probably think an Argo variant because that's kind of their whole shtick. So yeah. they can have a term for it. Instead of experiencing no go, you can now have slow go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, the slowly Argo, no go, go where no man wants to go again. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in duress, we'll be there at some point. <laughs> that's right. See, that it might be uh... here. You know what? This will be your early Christmas present because we won't get there till Santa does. That's right. <laughs> See, that, that's a very good point. Of um, you know, I am curious with uh, just kind of low on topic with this, uh, with Pez being now in and stuff. If we do anticipate on seeing more of the escape pod type gameplay um, being worked, because there's there's really no reason to not have that kind of function. We already have the MPUVs in the game. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what kind of different gameplay loops that has of you know your soft death your ship and so now you know how would i mean i, I guess i asked the question of you guys you know what, what would you think like if you escape in a pod if soft death, ship soft death you have to get out of there you're dealing with pirates you know you don't want to be there you know what what do you think is the incentive or decent of using escape pods with with pez now in play if if they do intend on you know putting that in the game soon I would imagine it should have some sort of autopilot to quickly get you out of where you are and be very low frequency so that, you know, only when you, you send can't a distress be followed. Beacon. Yeah, because if not, what's the point? If they're only going to blast the escape pod as you're ejecting? And you know players will do that. Um, some will, at least. Uh, what do you guys think, Seaguard? Uh, um, you know, I, I always like the, uh, the trend in the, uh, sci-fi and movies where the escape pod takes you to the nearest planet. Don't and then it turns out to be, <laughs> turns out to be earth co- conquered by apes. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Land on so a that vandal would... planet. That'd be cool over so well. <laughs> it turns out to be Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> so that's why Earth isn't in the game yet. That's right. That's it. What about what about you, Chekhov? Oh, I missed the question. <laughs> Classic. Villain <laughs> um... <Still in> training. <laughs> <laughs> training I'm for up, the podcast as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing bounties, you know. Oh. <laughs> um, Not the same without sound effects. You got to get that keyboard. So up. it was asked, you know, what what function, and and I guess sort of how would you see escape pods being a benefit in the future? So uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I honestly, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really even thought about the escape pods. I mean, 
Literally, I, I think uh, about all kinds of crazy stuff about this game constantly. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things of like, there's so many. This is one of the few games. I mean, I know it's you know it's a large funding thing, and you know, you go into all the controversies and ever. But the game's at a point now. I mean, where, I mean, I felt comfortable joining an org to do all this stuff last year to the point where we're in Pez now. You know, server meshing hopefully soon. Pyro 2022. Soon, um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like with the escape pods and stuff, it's just, it's one of those things of before, you know, like I would never even think about it because it never happened. And then now suddenly we have the ability to, you know, you're not just suddenly exploding, you know, your gameplay time itself is increasing because when you get attacked by pirates, if you die there in an NPC fight, you're not just going to explode. You're going to sit there. And so it's opening up the gameplay and like stuff like escape pods is, you know, what can I do? Where should I go? What, what is that going to introduce to me as a player? Who's never, you know, am I going to get stranded on, Aberdeen with you know no spacesuit on because I had to get to a skate pod and now I'm stuck waiting on a rescue beacon you know yeah well imagine you know that we we do know that they're at least working on the um the SRV wait that's the right vehicle right the uh Argo SRV uh um, yes yeah it's I know it's, so, it's got the CTV <laughs> yeah so now it's like hmm you know, will it be pretty soon that if you are, you know, disabled and had a soft death, can you be towed to the nearest space station when it comes out and, and repair instead of have to deal with insurance timers? And will will they go up on insurance timers at that point so that that's more incentivized? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I know personally just uh, i'm very for the engineering gameplay loop and the towing thing is going to be mm-hmm. interesting um because you know the argo srv leads and other things like the crucible the vulcan the other ships that are mm-hmm. dedicated to that kind of insert you know in space service um but i mean even then it's like with uh with salvage right now i mean right now we can you know we can do hole scraping but does the srv gameplay loop allow pirates to you know go and find a ship and tow that ship into some like grim hex like hangar and sell the ship for parts you know that that's a yeah. that's an interesting loop that i'm i'm not ready to explore i, I want to see my i want to be able to recover my terrapin when it explodes you know i don't i would rather not be sold off to some third party nine tails dealership in pyro but yeah well i was also similarly i was thinking about it you know right now our sort of disabled ships they're not quite disabled because they're pretty much useless right now but once that once that's not the case and it's disabled for maybe someone wants to board it and so it's repairable maybe even while you're on the ship um you know will salvaging a perfectly good ship that that'll probably end up being less money than if you went and brought the whole thing to a fence or um you know or there could be missions ship recovery missions for people working for like the insurance companies you know um and and things like that or even the black box recovery of your own ship to make sure that it was a legitimate attack things like that Mm -hmm. um excellent well you know i think um I think there's a lot in store. You guys are probably super excited by Soft Death and and some of these other gameplay loops that we're probably going to be seeing in the short term because it looks like it's going to give you a lot more opportunity to connect with your your main audience. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something that we've, <laughs> I think we looked forward to. I don't think any of us really thought it would come this soon. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like certain things are, are earlier than we expected for sure. Um, now we're, we're currently still in, um, PTU and unfortunately a, a lot of people playing don't necessarily have access to the PTU right now. Um, so it is still in, um, it's still in wave one. Uh, wh when do we think it's going to go open? Do, uh, anyone, anyone venture a guess it's this week or, or what's everyone's thoughts based on their experience in the PTU? Um, uh, honored. Why don't you go first? Honestly, given the track record, or well, I should say good track record of uh, 317 this year, uh, I'm not going to put my hopes up for this week, I'm especially with Pez being the tech it is, despite mm -hmm. actually surprisingly how well it's working, and for once actually isn't the problem. Um, I'm thinking it will possibly drop... And this week, being optimistic, maybe mid-next week for uh, open PTU. And I don't think we'll get a live build until probably the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. What What about um, yourself, Quailer? Uh, I think that's pretty realistic. Uh, I mean, I think the historical like, previous PTUs always had something um, in the PTU system for about 30 days, 40 days. We're... we're we're nearing that point, and I, I believe the last PTU we had about a week in, maybe a week and a half for the open to all PTU phase. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna place bets that it's gonna happen. Um, it's gonna go live probably Friday on the third is my guess before that major weekend. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, any, anyone else venture a guess? Seaguard, do you have any thoughts? I was going to say, yeah, uh, this week, this weekend would be PTU open. Following week would be PU. That was yeah. I think we're. I think timeline wise, pretty similar. You know, yeah, something soon, but not. You know, I don't think we're going to see a live build. I think very similar. Probably the end of the month or very beginning of the next month. Uh, sounds sounds about right to me. But you know, I think once once people can actually join in Open PTU, it'll be a lot better. It seems like to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who pays more attention to this than I do, it seems like CIG is waiting longer to put it to Open PTU. Sort of, I think, if it were my guess, to reduce the amount of potential negative press. I'm going to kind of agree, like with how this is like how the build has been this is open ptu territory because i played mm -hmm. in uh 317 i think two we've had so many 317 builds whenever that was back in uh ptu it was really rough in wave one i was very surprised and actually quite impressed for a wave one how like non-game breaking it was like granted there was the bugs of course i found the 890 uh bug that did get fixed uh shout out to that cig dev that saw my reddit post 
Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely seems like they are waiting. Whether that's true or not, I I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Um. So yeah. Uh. I, I guess any other thoughts about three eighteen in general? Um. Before we sort of continue to move on, I think the idea here. Uh, for those who don't realize, uh, it is a bit of a content drought, uh, you know, in terms of CIGs not 100% back to office. And even if they are, they're doing a lot of meetings and and such. So we're probably not going to see ISC for another week or two. Uh, and same thing with Star Citizen Live. And so, you know, we're, we're left to our own devices when it comes to uh, CIG-driven content. And so... Um, you know, we'll be doing a lot of speculation, I think, for the remainder of the show, besides some of the uh, responses that folks have had. But does anyone have anything else to add about 318 uh, well, before we move on? You know, I was uh, out just one thing. Uh, so I, one of the things I did experiment this week with is obviously loading cargo from a salvage ship to a uh, cargo ship. Worked great. Um, that's something that's glaringly missing with the prospector in the mole. Uh, yeah, I would like to see that somehow brought into three eighteen one of the one of the near patches. Uh, I just and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I I think it's for for mining to be um, competitive with salvage for fun of the gameplay. I think it's kind of a a necessary you know thing. What what are your thoughts? I mean, I would say, I would say, um, I don't know if it's going to happen at that that quickly. Yeah, um, I'm not, I don't think it will, but it, I hope they can one maybe give us an update on it. I think that's more just they haven't actually gone through the effort of detaching, you know, creating a way to detach the pods yet. Um, whereas you can in, um, you know, you 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 get a physical box. With salvage, which is different, you know, you don't have salvage pods. I think um, if I, if I were to guess, um, I think they're probably waiting for a larger tractor beam before. Um, and actually, I think they've even said this mm -hmm. that oh, they're waiting for a larger tractor beam before they um, introduce the the um, deployable pods uh, okay. as of right now. Yeah, I think gotcha. that's the main barrier. See, that's like the one thing that I think is a recurring theme with CIG, and I understand why development of any game. I mean, this coming from someone who, I mean, I myself develop games on end and have a few published titles behind me, but it's one of those things of, you know, they they introduce the gameplay loop and it's great. We love it, we have it, but like, you take like the Caterpillar for instance, that it's got that tractor being built into it, um, or even other ships that are supposed to have the tractor being built into it that just don't work quite yet, um. You know, it's one of those things of you put in these gameplays of, okay, cool. Yeah, the ship soft deaths and everything, you know, explodes and all the, you know, cargo comes out. But now how do I recover that? You know, the pods are, you know, the cargo itself is too big for a single ship, you know, a single guy to manually load everything into like a C2. So they're, they really didn't add that kind of functionality in yet. So it's going to be a kind of an interesting challenge for them to backtrack because the game's going to have to add on new features like those larger tractor beams and the cargo pods to kind of make up for 
its lack of original. I mean, look what they did with the uh, the Vulture and the Reclaimer, adding the um, the, the the multi tool. Like obviously, the tractor beams mm-hmm. are such a critical part of that cargo refactor that they even added. Uh, I mean, what could arguably be considered the first crafting element in Star Citizen, simply because the the lack of those systems in play really hindered the play experience and the testing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially when <clears throat> when we still don't have full true persistence in the sense that, like you know, you're not you, you're not going to necessarily have your salvage ship uh, always equipped with extra tractor beams and stuff right now. Maybe um, in a couple patches, but it still feels. And I could be wrong. Like you know, I haven't actually tried that out, but. Um, you know, there's still things that could crash the storage of those items right now. And so being able to make it, um, you know, is really helpful. Um, I guess what, what fascinates me about that one edition in particular is it felt like it was extremely easy to implement and it feels like something they did very quickly, but it feels polished. Um, yeah, it's definitely polished. It, it's slick. It's well done. I think. And the other thing is, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, it's. I think a lot of it um, is contributed to the building blocks UI. To be honest, yeah. I think it's because they were able to take what they did for mining and very incredibly easily transfer it over to an entirely new gameplay loop. Yeah, I, I think you're right there for sure. Um, oh, I had a thought, and it it completely evaporated from my brain i've got that effect um, don't don't feel bad about it <laughs> <laughs> no it's just I, it was very specific um i oh um i guess what i was thinking about too was you know you look at something like the caterpillar i i ask myself all the time now granted the gameplay loop in its most basic sense is there you could cargo haul granted it's not great it's not a great experience right now and it's not that immersive. It's kind of like dumb work to do while you're playing. But I wonder, you know, you see this new emphasis on not launching ships without gameplay loops and, you know, granted salvage isn't a full gameplay loop, but it it's a robust initial version of one piece of it, but it seems very fleshed out in the sense that, Instead of like anything else where it's going into the magical mystery box that no one has access to, it's spitting out actual cargo um, that is, you know, not even attributed to you. So you could load it to another ship and someone else could sell it. You don't have to be the one to sell it, um, if I'm not mistaken. So that feels really well thought out. Do you think they would have introduced some of these other ships, you know, like like a Caterpillar? Uh, by today's standards, you know, by by what they've been doing with with things like the vulture, or do you think you know they they would have waited for for more robust cargo gameplay? I think they definitely would have. I think they definitely would have waited to release the ships. I mean, I, the only reason I say that is because look at stuff like the C one, E one, and A one. Like, obviously, it's kind of copy and paste from, like, the A2 and, you know, the um, the C2 itself. They're very smaller versions. Executive is probably going to be a lot of assets reused from the Constellation, kind of geared over. But those, all three of the ships are geared towards a specific kind of gameplay loop. Um, 
like the C1 very adamantly showcases the use of the tractor beam in the back. Like that's something that they very adamantly put on there. And there's mm-hmm. no reason why, why would I have the tractor beam on a C1? They could pull things behind it, but not the SRV, you know? So I think, I yeah. think they definitely would rather put those kind of ships out there before those loops get added. Cause I think they're learning from their mistakes. I think, um, I think 318 is a good example <laughs> of things of they're really taking that feedback and saying, we're not going to release these ships until we actually have it. I mean, look at, I mean, I don't want to you know, bring up the super controversy, but look at the reception to the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. People were very, some people were extremely upset. Oh, or for sure. Some might say some people were very salty. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's i mean it's it's one of those things of like you know i mean people who like me have backed and i mean i've been backed since 2012 you know I, I, one of the original not in the kickstarter but as soon as they started going to their own thing i think it was 2013 and then fully pledged mm-hmm. in uh 2015 and it's one of those things where it's like i, I want to see the ships that came out 10 years ago finish and i understand why they're not because they have to redo them There's, you know we are we got the gold standard platinum standard thing we kind of talked about now so i think they really really understand their audience now and i think uh i want to say was cigar who put it this earlier that um you know public reception is something they're focusing on now i think more than ever wait you just said platinum standard i mean is that something <laughs> that actually gonna happen I, no, i'm serious is it is that what they're going for no it's more of a i think the thought is you know we have the gold standard now which is i think what they described as this is a ship that can do everything that they intend on doing right it's got every component in it the corsair is a beautiful example of gold ship it's got the few sports that they showcased in CitizenCon. It's got the component slots that we've known about and other ships have. Um, you know, it's got the cargo capacity, the the magnetic low, uh, floors for the cargo, um, the exploration room, you know, for scanning and all that stuff. The stations actually work. You just can't use them yet, kind of like the hammerhead and the reclaimer. Um, you know, that's a gold standard type ship. But I, I think, you know, for me, like the platinum type ships, there's is those old ships that don't necessarily, they're not, like the Caterpillar, the Caterpillar works and functions as intended. There's slots for those components, but they're not brought up to that gold standard yet. And so in order to rework them, you know, they're, they're going to have to go beyond the gold standard because it was built in a time where certain gameplay loops weren't in mind. You know, salvage wasn't in mind. Cargo refactor wasn't in mind. So those ships just don't need it. And it's going to need a little bit more extra care and love than just updating it to fit this box in this corner, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I love what they did to Gladius. It wasn't much, but it's very cool, you know, all the little compartments. Oh, for sure, That's the little quality of life yeah. is is great. I mean, look at the Pisces. Like the, I mean, it's a very small spoken, but you know, as a as an org that uses the Pisces CNR a lot, um, and the original Pisces a lot, even for this quicker execution and stuff. Look how they added the little door button in the back. Yeah. You know, that's my that's yeah. my example of like what I would consider personally as like the platinum standard of of building upon the ships we know, not redoing them, but and not even really adding new features, just adding those little quality of life improvements, which is something that since since I've been involved in Star Citizen, the CIG's never been known to focus on this quality of life. And the fact that we're mm-hmm. in a stage in three eighteen where they're focusing on those little things tells me that we're in a good spot with the game. 
Yeah. I, I also think it's an indicator of they know the final plans now, right? It it's it's fairly well fleshed out on paper. Now it's just executing it. And so they can think of that while they're building the ships now versus when they, they couldn't before. Even things like you'll notice you mentioned the buttons, but there are at least two ships and probably many more that I can there's two that I can think of off the top of my head where their button is definitely physically out of reach of people. And I guarantee you they move it so that it looks like something you could actually touch as a, as a character. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, like the carrot, the Carrick and the um, Mercury star runner or two that I think of where the buttons just kind of like, you know, eight feet or 10 feet up. Yeah. <laughs> as if you're going to press the button there. Yeah. You've got the 747, you know, your actual in a pilot seat kind of layout. And, and I think the intent with the interaction menu has made itself clear on what they wanted to do, but in yeah. the grand scheme of, you know, the, you know, for lack of a better word, like the nature versus nurture, you know, the nature of star citizen is this hardcore, you know, FPS sci-fi realistic game, but the nurture of it is they know they're going to have to, rework a little bit of the interaction system to be a little bit more accessible. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, look at the little things with 318. The I believe the Moby Glass and interaction menu has gone to building blocks, or they've at least refined it because the interaction menu itself, I mean, the icons have changed. They made it a little sleeker, but things are actually mm-hmm. more responsive. I don't feel like I'm having to spam the click button to call an elevator now. Even the inventory feels very responsive um, as of late. Um, at least with some of the newer patches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Um. So. So moving ahead from three eighteen, what what do we think is this next year? What What does this next year hold for us? What are your predictions? Obviously, we know the target for four point is the end of the year, which probably means it's going to be another three eighteen situation. But you know, whatever. Regardless of that, do we think we're going to get other? patches this year i I mean i'm pretty comfortable in saying there's probably a 319 but but what do we think (laughs) about the patch cadence this year do we think it's going to be one or two patches or do we think we're going to see more content on a quarterly basis what uh what are your thoughts honored honestly i think we'll probably just get uh 318 definitely end or beginning of uh february and then hopefully and it all depends since at the to- at this current time we literally have no idea what's coming in 319 hopefully we get 319 around invictus time or uh, around there if what uh the letter uh, to letter from the chairman is to be uh said that 4.0 will release at the end of the year if that is to be taken literally, I would stick to that. But uh, reality speaking, I think there's only going to be 319 around that time and then 4.0 whenever that comes t- to fruition. Okay. Uh, what about yourself, Quailar? What are your thoughts? You know, I, I've always taken the more optimistic route. Um, it's, uh, so I, I know I'm probably gonna gonna be called out for this later. But I, I'm honestly, I think we're gonna see another 2020. Uh, I think people forget that 2020 had four patches. You know, we we saw 3.9 go live early in the year, and we saw 3.12 end the year out. I think um, 
I, I be honestly believe with the state of the game, I mean, put it this way, there's not much more they can really add as far as the core system and the core tech to the game before we get to 4.0, right? So uh, I think we're going to see, I would say, we're probably going to see another 2020, expect one patch per quarter this year, possibly not 4.0, possibly going to go into the 3.22-23 era, like, um, you know, which obviously wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be fun, but I think it would be worth it because in this time that we're waiting for 4.0, like look at the racetracks that they added the PTV mm -hmm. stuff. Um, there's a lot of things that they can do, like the like we're talking about here, the tractor beam, the salvage loops that they could really focus on and refine before we get to 4.0 and before we get the server message. So I actually think this year is going to be a good year to have patches. They may not be the patch we want. We all want pyro, but I think it's going to be another 2020 where we see a lot of quality of life updates and a lot of refinement and installation of systems and game loops that we just haven't seen yet. Like the bunkers are, are one of those things that aren't going to come in 319 more likely, but those new bunkers we've seen and some of the other gameplay we saw in Citizen Con, I think those are definitely going to show up this year. Okay, cool. Um, check off. Any thoughts? The only thing I know, I'm just uh, sad. I don't think Pyro is coming this year, so... I kind of agree with everybody said, but uh, that's, that's a shame. I mean, sure, but we know, I mean, my, I'll say this. I think Chris Roberts maybe, in, in my opinion, finally realized that his overly optimistic projections might be a little bit too much. Um, and gave a realistic conservative target mm -hmm. um, and or a realistic, slightly aggressive target, uh, but attainable, like a stretch goal. Um, it's just we don't know, you know, PES is working great, but we don't know what happens to PES in four months when, mm -hmm. you know, Daymar has 50,000 Picos on it. Uh, so they'll probably have considerations that, that come beyond that um but you know i i don't think we'll if it doesn't hit this year i think we'll still see it early next year um or we'll be in evo by end of year that's just my guess uh seagard what about you what do you think uh, in terms of the patch cadence this year so i think we're going to see three patches but i think we're going to see a lot of content mm -hmm. in small releases <clears throat> so i think um so how what do i mean by that I think you're going to see the big releases. You know, we have 318, right, which will be this year. You'll have 319 this year, and I think you'll have 4.0 in the beginning of next year, not in 2023. It'll actually be mm -hmm. after January because we're already a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. um, but I think those represent big technical chunks, right? I mean... I don't think server meshing is one of them, but I do think it's things of that nature. Things that are fundamental to the game is what's going to be shoved in there um, to make mm -hmm. those three releases. And I think we're going to see, you know, 3.18 has a lot of those chunks right now, right? Now, I do think you're going to see a lot of ship releases this year, though. I think a lot of releases are going to go to flyable because I, I have a feeling that the gold standard right now is solid enough to be used for initial 
go live, certainly for beta and certainly probably for go live in the universe. You know, you mm-hmm. have the pipes to, to, for, to allow extended forms of damage. You have flame, you have, you know, fire sparks, you have all those things. The shields are locked down now. We all know how shields work. We have lighting that works, sounds that work um, in in multiple gold standard ships. You know, you have the Gladius, you have the the raft, you have the Halle, you have um, the new ships that just came out. Right? I think we're going to see these other ships start dropping in faster, uh, especially with the third party contractors that they have working. You know, guys in Canada, et cetera, that are working to push things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also think you're going to see things like ground habitat, you know, habitats are going to come out because I don't think that's dependent on technology. I think that's dependent on assembly line. So, uh, and I, despite, you know, uh, I do think we're going to see pirate. (laughs) I think we will see pirate. This year? I'll make, I'll make one last prediction. I will think we will. I think we will see a sample Squadron Forty Two scenario ah, to play, man. to actually play. It's be interesting. That's someone who's been waiting a... since <laughs> the five. That'd be that'd be fantastic to see any sort of playable demo that uh that right. isn't proved to to not be a playable demo right. like two months later. Yeah, and and to <laughs> me, a couple of things are telling me this. Right, technology seems to. The core technology of the game seems to be getting a heavier focus now. It seems to be gaining momentum with a lot of the core pieces are getting in place. Um, we can build. They, we know they can build planets. They know we can build biomes on those planets. We know they can build the atmosphere and clouds and moons. And not only can they build them, not just in ones or twos, they can build them in a solar system in three to four months. Because they did that already when they rebuilt this Stanton, mm-hmm. right? So to build Pyro is not hard, and we know they're already working on that. To make it really flashy, that's what they're tweaking now. You know, the graphic, you know, like the the symbolism, symbolism, and matching it to lore, and putting in the characters and the mission trains that you might want to go on, the mission loops. Um, the other thing. You know, the only technical piece there is the actual jump between the systems. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a technology thing. It's not a graphical thing, right? It has to be seamless. It has to appear just like an elevator does in the game where you go into an airlock and you come out on the other side and it's all part of a seamless gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. Things like mm-hmm. weapons, clothing, knickknacks, supplies, crates, boxes, Habitats, hangars, cities, um, AI—all of those things are assembly line. So I think you're going to see, and I think they're they're taking third parties and saying, "Here's the assembly line, and here's the tools. Start pushing stuff out." So that's why I think that's going to be the breakdown. Um, okay. I uh, I personally think we'll see more patches, not just not just one. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about Pyro. Um, I do think it'll probably be less, you know, live or open PTU and more likely 
Evo and Wave 1 again mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the year. But I do think we'll see it, you know, hopefully. Um, but if not, I think we're not going to care as much as we think we will. Because what we've seen come out of Montreal in just, I mean, they've only been a part of CIG officially and doing this work for, is it much more than a year? And we've seen from them hospitals in all the landing zones. Absolutely. In all the space stations with a follow-up on creating more variation between the hospitals. We've seen very bespoke, two very bespoke derelict sites. If I'm not mistaken, they worked on the sand caves. They they redid Jumptown now. And I think they, they were responsible for... They didn't work on rivers, though. I don't think. Um, no. Oh, you're right. Not Canada. You're right. You're right. But they did the uh, all of the new platforms on Ariasin. Um, I'm not sure who did the racetracks, but for some reason, I'm led to believe they did that, too. But either way, you're still talking about a ton of actual content space that happened very quickly. Um and they ramped up very fast, and they're growing fast too. Um, so I think they'll unlock a lot of the Stanton content that we need while we're waiting for Pyro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if we get a few more really interesting um, dynamic events uh, this year. And I do think this year they're going to start to hook in more uh, quantum stuff. Um, just I was perusing the roadmap the other day because, you know, what else do you do when there's no content? Uh, and you see a lot of those types of things coming through. Quantum um, or quantum? Well, quantum is is what drives quanta. Yeah. That's oh, the, I was thinking tool. of quantum jumps, the new, oh, jump, no. yeah, know, the no, new fly uh, technology. No, the quantum dynamic economy engine. Yeah. I would like to see that come out. Uh, yeah. Um. And who knows in what way supposedly it's driving some prices right now, but that's really basic. Um, I'm sure that's just for like a base, a baseline. So, you know, what is it that we hope to see coming out of this year? Besides, you know, in the content patch, in the patches that we do see, whether you think there's one or two, or if you think there's three or four, um, you know, honored heretic, what is it that you want to see come out this year that would, that would make you excited? Honestly, it's either got to be uh, vehicle tractor beams because those sound cool. Honestly, it would be really funny just parking up in a pad, rolling up in an SRV, and just un un or uh, I should say casually just stealing somebody's ship away. Uh, <laughs> not trying to uh, incentivize that. Uh, I would only do that to uh, the fellow chiefs because uh, you know. I help run a uh, search and rescue org, so I wouldn't want to do that to another player. Um, now, yeah, this contact is contact the HR real quick. <laughs> so, um, on the more wishful thinking of things, I would be so happy and so excited if we finally, even if it's just on the retaliator, finally have modularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it for years and years and years and years, and it was supposed to be a big push. Um, 
I agree. Well, especially because I have a Karakin that would make those those pods really nice and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what What about you, uh, Quailar? You know, I think um, as far as coming up recently, I think there's a lot of little things. The biggest thing that I think I'm looking forward to is the authentic EVA experience. I think having the zero-G, the push-pull, the grabbing, um, being able to like fully rotate around, just everything about it is going to make space gameplay much more worth it. Being just kind of a floating guy right now just does kind of limit your, you know, you're spinning around, you know, that's not really... Uh, like climatic, you know, with the voice talked about Star Citizen wanting to be that World War II dogfighter simulator game, and um, mm-hmm. space combat is what sets Star Citizen apart from everything else. And having a more authentic, you know, you have to have an actual EVA suit in order to EVA and float around freely, especially think about during soft death. Imagine going through your ship and crawling around, how dramatic that's going to be when you're holding yourself around your ship and you see pirates entering your view of your ship and you're crawling up the, the roof of your ship trying to find an airlock. Um, it's going to create some really dramatic, intense gameplay moments. And I think that's honestly probably my most look forward to patch this year. And I think we're going to get it sooner than later. I think Invictus mm-hmm. is going to be a huge patch this year. Um, I think yeah. a lot of the release view stuff has a lot of things being completed before March, or if not already yeah. completed. So I think Invictus is definitely the patch to watch this year. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think it will be interesting, especially because it's had a little bit more time to marinate. Um because, you know, not everyone's working on 3.18. People move on to the next patch, you know, or supposedly if staggered development worked the way it did, the 17.4 people are working on, you know, 3.19, even though I, I think some of the technology that they introduced impacted more teams than usual. Oh, um, for sure. Same thing with server meshing. Uh, but still, I think you're I think you're on point there. Um Seagard, what, what do you hope to see this year? I know you mentioned a few things earlier, but you know, give us your wish list. Okay. Um, all I want for Christmas is multi-crew stations. Oh, absolutely. Having a co-pilot seat that functions would, would yeah. just... I would give Chris Roberts the rest of my bank account. Yeah, I mean, we already have Gunner. We already have co- Pilot. Um, I'd like to see engineer. I'd like to see comms. Those two, I think, are doable given the systems that we have. Um, command. You know, I don't know if that's going to be an option. Maybe, but uh, but certainly there are some limitations, right? There are some. Yeah. Because uh, like, if you don't have tractor beams, you can't really do that role. Yeah, I guess that. I think I think we'll see ship-based tractor beams this year for sure. That's if there's one thing I'm feel pretty confident about. Yeah, I think it's that. I think you're going to see it as a. I think you're going to see it as a sub-release. Again, I think it's not a. It's a technology that's already out there. It's not like you Mm -hmm. don't have the tables and the data. It's a matter of scaling it. What's the power of a size two? What's the power of a size Mm -hmm. three? What's a what size turret mount does it take? And they have models for all of those. So, yeah. And but then they, having the variety of cargo too, because yeah. don't forget, right now we only have one or two cargo sizes. Yeah, for sure. And they so, do have yeah. uh, the vehicle tractor beam set for the June, I think, quarter two of this year. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make one more um, hope, too. So I said multi-crew playability, right? True multi-crew playability. But I'm also going to say crew sustainability on the ship. All right. In mm-hmm. other words, you don't have to go back and dock. You can stay out for extended tours, stay on the ship, be less attached to a station, more attached to doing what you want to do. I feel like that will come down to if they implement the the permissioning system on ships, I think at that point, then they'll let people log off or, you know, be able to attribute sort of like a almost like a co-owner while while you log off as the owner. So, so what do you guys think of personal hangers? I would love a personal hanger. To be honest, you know, the only reason, and uh, I don't know how long everyone here has been playing, and it's probably just a nostalgia thing, but I miss the hangar module, like, completely. Yeah, yeah. Now, that could be an extension of the ship, right? You really don't have to go into the station fully. You could stay within your your hangar um, or your ship, kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. I would be super pumped to see that also. But that's the, I'll make that my three. Crew playability. Multi, you know, multi-role um, hangers and, you know, the, um, what was the other one? I can't even remember now. Tractor beam. Anyway, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tractor beam. Yeah. What about you, Chekhov? So, yeah, I have a, I have a few now that uh, you gave me some ideas. Well, definitely group. I mean, that will uh, make the orgs more compelling and uh, almost a necessity, you know, if you have a really robust group play, because now, you know, it's kind of boring, you know, you get on a large ship, all you do is you walk around. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely improvement in the map, you know, navigation. Uh, This is really minor and selfish. The improvement and support for the ultra-wide monitors, (laughs) I turned mine off. I'm playing a single one now because I just got tired of it. Uh, but what I really like to see is um, uh, a more complex sort of a, a mission play that's, uh, you know, real challenging where you, you know, have to solve some real interesting puzzles, you know, to achieve, uh, you know, with not just the, you know, trivial stuff, but, you know, really make it a lot more challenging than it is today. Uh, like you know, brain teasers. The mm-hmm. um, uh, you know homesteads for sure. But as I mentioned before, I'd love to see homesteads where they move to a whole separate server instance, kind of looking back at real life. Uh, I've been mean, sorry, second life, and you know, so you really allowed to not only bring uh, unique items there, but actually create your own unique prems. You know, you allowed the space, and I don't know if it's possible, but that would be really cool that you can, you know, plug in YouTube on your TV, you know, things like that, like a really true homestead. Um, those are kind of, you know, talking about a wish list. You know? Yeah. That's what I like to see. I uh, I mean, on the plus side, some of the things that we talked about, the star map, supposedly, if if the letter that from the chairman is to be believed, we should be seeing the update to that this year. Um, we should be seeing um, 
maybe not personal hangers, but we should be seeing persistent hangers, um, which um, is pretty exciting and I, I think could be managed. I would imagine just my guess would be, uh, you know, we'll probably that might be with 4.0. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, I want to see the. I want to see the resource management system. I hope that comes sooner than we, than than 4.0, um, because that will give a, a great uh, boost to these multi-crew ships. Um, I want to see a reason to to run a full ship, um, mostly. Uh, and I think uh, you know any any additional gameplay or depth that we can see in Stanton to give us a better sense of you know where they want to see a finished system in the future. Um, would be helpful. Um, I, I did, I was watching, um, captain's table the other day and one persistent theme that kept coming up, um, from Paul Shelley was he, he kept saying when people were asking him questions or saying they're excited about pyro, what he kept saying is you're not excited about pyro. You're excited about more gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, and people say, no, but we'll finally have a, a lawless system. He goes, we have lawless spaces in our current system. You're excited about lawless gameplay being more fleshed out and having a safe space to be lawless. I agree with him to some extent. I think while Pyro is going to be awesome, it's not Pyro that's awesome. It's pyro in between Stanton and another system you're traveling to mm-hmm. as an alternative, taking the shortcut to get to the other place versus going the long way around. Cause you think you're going to save money, right? That's what makes pyro interesting to me. Well, and a new place to explore. Let's face it. Any, <laughs> anything where we can just see new stuff is going to be cool. So um, uh, sorry, I'll be to interrupt. I'm just, I'm curious no. what your thought on w- with that in mind, because I've, uh, right spot on with you about just the the biggest thing Star Citizen always definitely needs is just what can we add more to it obviously making your own fun is one thing what can you add more but for those of you who've been around a while um you know the the old system the old planet that used to be um in Star Citizen that uh, that was from the next system Delamar you know? um yeah exactly uh, mm-hmm. so you know what what do you think would be the chances of the fact just we know that we want gameplay we know the planet was removed they wanted to make stanton you know quote final at the time what do you think would be the chances that when 4.0 drops because at that point there's no real reason to not have more than just pyro so if we say we're going to go 4.0 we're going to also add pyro what would we what would we think they would actually surprise us everybody with just adding Nixon to it too, because we already have the plan. A, we already have, we know what it looks like. We, it was in Stanton before, you know, they could be very easily added. Nix is not a large system and it would give them more testing opportunities as far as server mission goes. Cause you won't have everybody stuck between Stanton and Pyro, but you have that additional system as well to increase that gameplay. Cause now you have one jump point, two jump points, and now you've got a legal system that's in the UEE, a system that's all you know pyro that's lawless and then you've got nix which kind of falls somewhere in between yeah i i mean sorry i'm jumping ahead normally i ask everyone else first but i i feel like i'll forget if i don't say something i think i think nix while i don't think that's gonna end up happening i but who knows like i said i think they'll be pretty much done with nix by the time 
we see 4.0 in pyro and whether they introduce it with pyro which would be cool um or not i don't think it'll be far behind you know i think it'll be within a patch that we would see that happen especially because i think um nix as a system for the most part outside of levski can probably be mostly procedurally generated and i don't think it's going to require a huge change mm-hmm. in assets and and sort of tools in order to to achieve that um but i think it would be a really interesting trio because it gives people in pyro two systems that are safe for them and it gives people of stanton two systems that should be relatively safe for them with a dangerous one in between Wait, but what you said nix was in stanton before do you mean levski or levski is is part of the nix system no, that, that, that I know. So it was only Levski was here, right? Not, not yeah, Delamar. Yeah. yeah, okay. But Delamar is the only like Levski's pretty much the only landing zone in Nix. Oh, really? Um, yeah, you might see some research outposts or some abandoned kind of you know some of the procedural mission locations we currently have now. Um, but Nix is a relatively small system. It's immensely clustered with asteroids. Um, I would, I bet you they changed the, um, the lore to make it actually really rich place to mine. Um, but more dangerous because you still could have criminal elements and pyros one system, the only system in between Stanton and Nix. So it's a natural addition that you'd want to add quickly. And we know with it, that they're working on it. So, yeah. um, yeah. So that potentially could make a really cool mining, you know, game loop with 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 a security escort. I mean, if mm-hmm. it's rich in you know asteroids, I, you know, I find it very appealing. You know, because I well, remember I used to love going out to to the Delamar and you know to the asteroid belt. That was a quick, quick run. You know, you that was probably the quickest mining run that that existed in the system. Well, think of it this way: you have an industrial org, right? Here's the scenario that excites me the most as potential and and should be highly possible by the time Nix is introduced, whenever it is. Uh, Miners in an org might choose to stay at Levski and mine around Levski. However, I bet you you're not going to get the most money for what you mine in Mm -hmm. Delamar. You probably are going to have to go to Stanton to sell it. And so having a trade route that goes directly through pyro in order to sell all the cool stuff that you mine in um in nix is going to create so much emerging gameplay for all of us especially you guys that it's um it's going to be exciting it's going to be i mean by the time we have three systems star citizen is going to feel much more like a fully fledged fleshed out game than i think most uh games of its ilk Yep. Uh, what's everyone else's thoughts? I mean, do, do we think Nix is possible with Pyro? A sneaky, hey, here's another system to show you how awesome we are. 
Hey, it's one of those things of uh, you know, Nick's I could see on the horizon just because it. I mean, the planet was in there before, and it's not too unlike Stanton and Pyro, but it it is yeah. very it, even even I like oh like I I like to be optimistic. It's very hard for me to see past Nick's. I, I think it's Stanton Pyro Nick's is is what I expect to see. I mean, unreasonably in my lifetime. So yeah. Honestly, with the track record of this year and the whole big thing of, oh, we've only had 317 for the whole year. Uh, honestly, I'm just going to just say this. I will be ha- perfectly happy if we even get one single planet in Pyro just to do something new. Here's, I think, the big question that oh, I would think would come this year. Do you think, because they've been heavily hinting at it, do you think they'll they'll get rid of Port All-Star this year? Oh, that's a great question. I would hope, I feel like that's an opportunity that they could swap out Port Alasar with the new one, for sure. Yeah, because I that had a be thought easy. about this, too. Keep going, and then it, I'll chime in again. No, I just said, you know, that it, it'd be interesting because, you know, we everybody misses Xeno Threat, and I'm curious. It is odd to me that they didn't have a Xeno Threat this past year. There's no real reason to not do it. it Xeno Threat was a huge hit the first time, but I think this downtime between 318 and 4.0 would allow them to do some kind of major event like destroying Port Alistar, having Xeno Threat, you know, to in- increase those gameplay loops. Uh, the only thing I will say, I do, I do know Xenothreat's going to ramp up again, and I, it's not going to be the same one. Uh, just because right. what they said in 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 um, Pipeline, aka um, SC Leaks, they had a while back Xenothreat doing something else related to Microtech. Um, which a lot of people thought was going to coincide with IAE because that's around when they reported the files. But I'm sure we're, we're going to see more Xenothreat this year. And it almost feels like something they hinted at with the lore team where they're like, yeah, you know, hopefully some big game-changing content. <laughs> right. right. But we'll yeah. see. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're going to blow up poor Alasar though. It, <sighs> I really CIG keeps making it sound like they won't, but maybe they're throwing it. They're throwing, <laughs> trying to throw us off. I'll I'll throw one out for you. That's uh okay. So it's related to Port Alistar. Mm-hmm. This, if I could cross my fingers and make a wish to the to the Tooth Fairy, this is what I would want. <laughs> Crusader is an industrial. Um, it's a gas giant with an industrial complex in its atmosphere. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It truly doesn't have a city in its atmosphere. And what's we've talked about different types of cities in Star Citizen. The only ones we you know we said we didn't have yet were ones on the water like um, Atlantis, Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's another type we have don't have, in, and that's one in space. That is. But imagine if Port Alisar is actually a city. See, I wonder. I don't think it's big enough to classify. See, I could, I mean, you could really take a hard look at Grim Hex just because of how definitely unique and larger it is than the other ones, but it's still not the same size. I would say explorable area wise is probably equivalent to maybe area 18 of them, 
but you don't have a lot of the shops and you know it's not nowhere near the same scale but exactly you don't have the buildings you don't have the mm-hmm. you know the advertising platforms you don't have any of the things that make up a city it is more like an, a, a manufacturing complex see i would expect something like that to be to be in pyro because of the you know the hostility of the living on the planet, lore-wise. I I think a space station in Pyro or a space city in Pyro was more likely, and I think that was kind of shown and hinted at uh, the video with uh, with Jax, um, you know, during the last IAE uh-huh. is uh, when he's in that space station. It it looks like a station, but obviously that station's a lot larger and more complex than some of the stuff we've seen before. So I wouldn't expect yeah. you know something like that to show up. Well, Ruin station I'm looks keep like my, an enormous. I'm going to keep sending my letters to the Tooth Fairy, and I keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> you want yeah, some so references? We can find out. <laughs> Alasar is actually a triple decker, <laughs> you know, space station with a bubble dome. <laughs> that will be great. Yeah, my we guy do know about of... to start plucking his own teeth. <laughs> we do know of a few places that might be closer to that, though. The, in lore, um, in the Carhartt system, Spider is. Is uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is a um, landing zone made up of all the ruined, uh, wrecked um, ships lashed together and cobbled together into a enormous complex and space station. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, granted, it's not a luxurious city, but if you look at the architectural types that um, that Star Citizen has, at least from their earlier design conversations many moons ago. I think they have five or six different architectural types and Stanton only represents two mm-hmm. um, with Crusader and um, Microtech, um, you know, being the more modern and sort of, um, you know, high tech style versus a little bit more brute. I, I don't know what they, I forgot what they call them, but functional and brutalist, uh, what you see at like Arc Corp and, um, Loreville, but you know we have something like Terra that's supposed to be even more ultra luxe than what we see now, and a few others that are sort of like earlier stage constructions, uh, because Stanton's a relatively new system uh, too. So should be interesting to see yeah. what, what they come up with. See, that's another uh, interesting I, point too. Is like we we don't have with Stanton. We it's not. It's not a UEE system. I mean, it's in the UEE, but it, it's not, and like it's literally the only system that's in the Empire that that's not UEE owned. Yeah, yeah. It's it's they have the protection, but that that's also why they have their own security services because it's sort of, uh, you guys own these planets, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, excellent. Very good stuff. Anyone? Um, have any other thoughts around this talking point before we move on? Okay. Um, so next up, we have tips and tricks. And in terms of our listeners, no one submitted anything. Um, so I'm going to go one by one. If you have a tip or trick, feel free to call it out. If you don't, no worries. Um, Honored Heretic, any tips or tricks that you think people would find beneficial? Uh, in the game, whether it's 3.18 or 3.17? A little of a medical tip. Um, honestly, don't rely on a um, 
a med gun, honestly, especially for healing yourself. If you get shot or whatever, just pull out a red med pen by just pressing C and then clicking to use it. It is so much faster and will definitely save your life. I instruct all of our medics to use red med pens on themselves and carry a med gun to heal others. That's a great tip. Yeah, I mean, and then to remember you have to hit B. It, you put yourself at a lot of risk by mm. trying to heal yourself with a med gun. That's Once you get out of the field of fire, you could maybe use it. Um, Quaylar, what about yourself? Tip or trick for the listeners? <laughs> uh, actually, I got two of them, but that's okay. Uh, this, yeah. this is very, two things I'm very big out of it on. Uh, the first thing, just building on what Heretic said with that, um, if you have an issue, this is a huge thing we see with new players, like especially with brand new players. Um, with the bugs that you see in Star System with elevators with whatnot, you can get yourself kind of stuck. Um, a very recurring bug that seems to have popped up um, in 3.17.4 and it, it even persists in 3.18. Um, that's been kind of hot fixed, but not quite there yet, is sometimes you'll be at like an A-stop terminal and you'll get stuck, you'll kind of get like attached to the station and there's nothing you could do about it. Um, in Armistice Zone, there there is truly nothing you can do about it short of, short of backspacing. It's just not something you're able to do if backspacing works. But if you find yourself in an on-armistice zone, like on your ship, like on an engineering console, um, you know, getting out of a turret, if you find yourself stuck and unable to move, just have somebody come up and stun you. you. Your system will get reset by being stunned and picked back up, but you have to get tracked beamed. It's a very weird set of circumstances. So if you get stuck, just uh, get stunned, um, have someone tracked to beam you up, and then suddenly you will be free to move uh, to your heart's content. It's a very unusual uh, bug <laughs> effect, um, but it's a very common occurrence that we've had to address for people. Um, so, uh, the, the second thing is that it's actually a trick. Um, and this is something that, uh, old players probably could use a refresher on is that, um, ships that have VTOL definitely, if you're on the planet, use VTOL. There, there's no reason to not do it. You find yourself, you know, I see a lot of times people flying with the C2 constellation, um, it used to be the Cutlass. There were some issues with the nose diving there, but um, those ships in atmosphere are designed for VTOL to fly in atmosphere. You definitely do have a lot of issues. The biggest advantage of your VTOL, though, is when you're on the ground uh, and you want to take off quickly and you want to get away from turrets, you just want to get out of there, um, you actually can save. I think we've timed it out um, in our science group, just testing it out to you know, learn new info, new tips and tricks for our own internal use for doing rescue beacons. Um, is to actually turn on VTOL and just take off vertically and until you're out of ammo. And don't turn off VTOL until you reach that pitch level or about 10,000 uh, 10, meters up because you actually will get out about 10 to 15 seconds faster than you do if you get up and then take off horizontally. It's just a typical trick. It's how real-life rockets work. It's actually the fastest way to get in and out of atmosphere. Excellent. Yeah, it's a good reminder. And for those who don't know, VTOL is activated by default with K. Um, and if you don't know if your ship has VTOL, press K and see if anything happens when you're looking at the ship. Because some have them that you don't even realize. Like the Vulture's VTOL, everyone thinks is are the big engines in the back, but that's not actually the VTOL. It's in the arms. There's a little panel that slides open when you hit K and reveals an exhaust for the um, VTOL thrusters below. 
Um, I don't know if the other ones are supposed to turn, but I'd be shocked if they were because that's been in the game for a while. <laughs> um, uh, Chekhov, any tips or tricks for you? No, not really. Well, Alrighty. How about yourself, Seaguard? Uh, you know, um, I took uh, another podcaster's advice and tried out shipping the cargo from the Vulture to a cargo ship nearby. Mm-hmm. I did that with Mr. Tim yesterday. And uh, even a, a, a core, uh, Miss Core, mm-hmm. works fantastic. So I would say the tip would be that if you're out there and you're a prior miner who's not used to offloading your cargo and you're going to try salvage, definitely offload your cargo. You can you can bring in more money faster if you keep filling your ship up while your friend or your alt carries back cargo and, and puts it on the ground for you. Excellent. Um, that's interesting, Seaguard. You use the term core instead of core. Um, uh, I don't know how you say isn't it. Isn't it actually it both core? That's how I normally say it, but for some That's, reason... Uh, it was before. confirmed that That's... it is Quarry, even though it drives me crazy. Really? That's um, honestly... Yeah, CIG it's... confirmed it was Quarry. See, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Reliance series. I, I feel like it's a very slept-on ship. Um, I know the yeah. bed-logging thing with the Tana really doesn't help that, but the Reliant is one of the... I'm um, arguably one of the best starter ships with the storage capacity with the Reliant core. Yeah, I think it's very good. The, the one that works really well with Adventure, I watched a group do it, was the Hull A. Because the guy on the back, literally, just the guy in the back of the Vulture, just tractor beams stuff over and it just sticks to the side. When yeah. you get one side full, you rotate the ship. You basically pull behind the guy. You don't have to back up to him. You don't have mm. to jockey around. and You just yeah. pull up behind him. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice and simple, and it's fast, and you got two sides. You know, they can carry a lot of cargo very quickly. So, yeah, it was. I was glad to see that they uh, didn't skip out on the whole lay uh, during the cargo refactor because uh, that would have been very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I myself don't really have any tips or tricks, although I would say <clears throat> if it wasn't apparent from the many episodes that we've had so far um, and from guests that we've had. If you are not enjoying the game as much, try joining an org and see if that changes things. Because, quite frankly, it is this this particular year was rough for me in terms of wanting to play the game. That's both personal reasons and outside of personal reasons. But um, an org really helps. I mean, there were some really dull times that when we were back in the unnamed org that we shall not name, uh, <laughs> that was the namesake of this podcast. Uh, we, uh, we would play just all the time. Um, and you know what you guys are doing with slipstream sounds very much in the spirit of what we had uh, back in our previous org. I think a lot of people just have just really needed a break for us mm-hmm. uh, this past patch. You know, with, uh, with I think especially knowing that everything's going to be wiped. See, you guys, yeah. since you're not focused on the profit side of it, um, you're really focused on the gameplay and the fun of it and interacting with people. I think you've got the right POV because, let's face it, until this is beta or probably until it's quote-unquote 
you know, out of beta, we're <laughs> probably going to need to expect wipes, uh, particularly till after 4.0, if not even ongoing. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, excellent. So that brings us to another segment, uh, which is for science. Um, so I don't know what you guys, uh, you know, how much you're familiar with for science, but for those of us, those who listen for science is essentially how you mentioned your science division. It's testing out phenomena in the game. Sometimes we've conflated with tips and tricks too, but, um, you know, it's really testing out a feature, seeing if it's working, how it works, um, you know, reporting back to the group. Um, so sometimes we'll throw some ideas out there, um, for what people can test, um, cause we're curious, uh, but most of the time it's really about, you know, what did we, what did we do? What functionality in the game and or bug testing have we done? That was interesting. Um, so we have one submission this week. Uh, it was from S Gateman and he said, it turns out you can in fact place Pico in the box storage of the STV. If you place him in the passenger seat and drive, he will fall out. Um, and he did include a picture of two Picos stored in the box storage of the STV. So if you want to cart around a Pico, an STV seems like the way to go. I recommend duct tape, a shovel, and rope with that. <laughs> Listen, I, if we start seeing duct tape gameplay on the roadmap, there better be some real specific applications for that. Because I think the feature creep crowd is going to get real upset. <laughs> um, uh, honored heretic, have you done anything in the name of science? I know you mentioned a few things um, in prior parts of the conversation, but anything come to mind for science? <laughs> heretic has a uh, a reputation. Oh, we've given him the enemy captain AFK. Um, so this is not a, a expected <laughs> of him. Um, so uh, I I I was I hoping you would have muted. So yeah. Anyway, I would like to uh, just say uh, before I let my chief executive completely throw me under the bus. Uh, I had my thing muted, and I forgot you can mute on the on uh, where we're recording right now. So while I was speaking through my headset, you guys didn't hear a word I said. Uh, so anyway, um, aside from my little 890 bug, which surprisingly actually got noticed directly by CIG, um, I personally haven't done any science. There is some science I want to do. That of which being, because we all know if you take salvage from one person's ship and put it in another, it counts as stolen. I want to see if a person can summon a vulture and, I don't know, as an example, a nomad. Because the ship owner is the same, if the person driving the cargo ship can still sell it like anywhere unless, except for like the no questions asked terminals you currently have to um other than that i'm gonna totally throw my chief executive under the bus here uh hey quailar have you figured out your uh, little uh, self-combustion issue <laughs> that's the science we don't talk about here 
This is bad science. No. <laughs> in case anybody uh, wants to, to, to curious about it, don't drive PTVs um, and attempt to load up a C2 <laughs> using the Commons Quick uh, Vehicle. It's it's, it's uh, in the PTU that, that actually that was even PTU that was 374 live. That that was not a not a fun experience. Uh, by the way, thank you so much for giving me um, the title for this week. Uh, it is Cap- Captain AFK and Co. are self-combusting. No! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's very perfect. It's uh, we, we tend to find ourselves. You know, it's funny. It's in. in uh, I don't want to go off too off topic, but in Slipstream, the the science and logistics group actually started dedicated completely to these kind of funny things that happen, like these weird things we find, and to to help better how we serve people in our rescue. So. But yeah, self-combusting is not a uh, not a fun thing to do in in three seventeen for uh, for some reason. If your PTV hits the edge of the lake as soon as you come off the ramp, it'll actually just explode. And it happened to me. I think was it five times in the span of half an hour. How many times did respawn, go back, respawn, go back to claim PTV? Not fun sides. So I uh, someone had a real gun out there. Oh, I bet. I, 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 you know, I think I actually, I think by the end of that, uh, we were trying to go do PTVs over jump down because you know we we do these fun events where like, hey, we do the PTV drop. That's a staple. That's a thing that we do. And uh, um, I, I could have sworn. I think someone changed the name after 20 minutes of the voice channel we were in to Quailar's Breakdown because I was I was not having a fun time spontaneously combusting on the surface of Microtech. <laughs> Remind um, me not to mess with Microtech security anymore. Jeez, they must have <laughs> railguns now. <laughs> I see when you had said that because of the initial response, I thought you were talking about some sort of self combusting IRL. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no. Like, have you tried a modium? <laughs> <laughs> Quailar, I told you, lay off the Taco Bell. Mm, <laughs> oh, Too many Crunchwrap Supremes. Uh, I, I inhale rocket fuel on a daily basis for a living. This is it. Wouldn't be surprising if uh, I just that's the way I go. It's just not going to be surprising. Oh, I now you just actually gave me even better. Um, I inhale rocket I, fuel. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Captain AFK and the Rocket Man. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cool uh, you need to get the copy to Elton John. Or, uh, or maybe self-combusting with Captain AFK and the Rocket Man. Even there you go. Better. <laughs> Even <better>. <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful, you go. beautiful. Um, uh, and then... Sorry, I lost my place on my, my script. <laughs> Believe it or not, there is a script. It's very loosely <laughs> defined. Um, uh, how about yourself, Chekhov? Anything for science? No, no science this well, week. That's hey, for I'm science. A, I'm going to report you to the, the science chief, Chekhov, okay? I don't know what you've been doing oh. in Slipstream so far, <laughs> but it's, it's, you need more to report. Come more on. science. More well, science. More much. science for you. There's nothing for me to report. I'm just trying to play the game and do bounty missions. Yeah, Yeah, I actually just missed three rescue beacons. I didn't want to take them since I'm on the podcast. How dare you? (laughs) Hurts the soul. 
Yeah. Drink How a cup of coffee. Just hang on. I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out for six, so I'll be back soon. <laughs> uh, if you leave your name and number, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. <laughs> I, I think Check off is um, at the switchboard, which means no rescue. No, no um, rescue. <laughs> Seagard, what about yourself? Anything for science? Uh, no, not too much. Well, I guess my only one was I did take out the Aurora, seeing if you could uh, somehow get a cargo box to attach to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Still make it. Never good. The pipe dream will someday be real, Seagard. I want to be the first guy. I want to be that guy that looks like that pregnant neon fish in your fish tank. You know the one that's pregnant and all the others look thin and that one's got a pot belly. That's the that's the aurora I want to be. Yeah. So so explain this to me. Sigurd has every single ship in the game, but yet the only one he flies and experiments daily is still Aurora. I, I am allergic <laughs> to that ship. I cannot stand it. I can't come near it. That's well, guess what I got I came up with me. I'm gonna go from the rags to riches route this patch. Mm-hmm. Oh nice. And my two starter ships, I'm gonna use my alternate account. I uh melted my pack for the Mustang and I got myself a rock and an Aurora ES. Oh wow. Whoa, that doesn't work. You need something to transport the rock in. So you could you no, need a no you need no. someone to transport you in your rock. <laughs> Or alternatively, uh, you game. <laughs> yeah, alternatively, you could just drive around the whole planet. It would take you forever, but hey, part of the experience. That's the problem. Oh. You got to be able to get back. Yeah. But, uh, so the uh, so that's why I'm going to try doing it. We're pitching rides on everybody. I just got well, the lucky for yes because it's the smallest. Yeah. You 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 know an org that will do this for free for you. Yeah, I right. wonder I wonder if there's an org out there that could uh, you know help know. you. You can That's put right. in a rescue ticket. I, I really wish there was an org out there. You know. Yeah, we we got this guy named Chekhov. He does a lot of science. He can. Is this you. Uber? Is this Uber? I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> um, Area 18. I need a lift. <laughs> hey, we we'll, my... we'll do that for you too. We got you. Um, it's like do... my name is Chekhov. I am I am chief scientist and also head rescuer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Check off. You got yourself a new title there that I don't know about. I'm gonna have to confer with the rest of the manager. Right. Um, I do actually have some science. I expect uh, you to be in the office on Monday. Oh, check off. I have, I have some science. I I don't. Um, I got distracted by uh, self combusting earlier and some PTSD from that. Um, uh, so um, but uh, no, actually, uh, this week, um, during my fun playtimes and shenanigans at PTU, uh, we discovered that there's an instant teleportation technique um, that you can do uh, that involves uh, some crusader uh, crusader luck, um, some engineer ingenuity, and the willingness to jump and skydive off of the Habs in Orson. Uh, so if anyone else has heard this, please uh, please stop me because this is this is news to me and this was interesting when I found it and it's news th- to me. Um, I think we had about f- I think five or six of us duplicated it across two different shards in the PTU, which uh, it was incredibly difficult to try to get another shard. Um, but if you go to the top of uh, the Habs, go to the roof in any of the elevators, 
um, once you get up to the roof, you know, just run straight out the door. Don't don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Just just run. Um, you're gonna jump off the roof, and yes, it's a long way down. And no, you you can actually hit the concrete and die. Don't worry about it. You'll be okay. Because, don't worry about it. Um, don't, don't worry about it. You'll be okay. This is the kind of science we like to perform in Substream of what happens when I jump off roofs randomly. Um, because uh, you know, after self-combusting, what else are you gonna do? So um. We jump off the roof, and if you hit the concrete, or if you just fall off the side of the platform, you will actually be instantly transported to a random location inside the spaceport ASOP terminal room. And this is completely repeatable. Like I encourage you, you know, join the PTU now, go to 318, jump off the HABs. It is repeatable every single time, 100% of the time. It has not been patched out yet. Um, I was doing it earlier a little bit today because it, it takes your time to get to the ASOP terminals from like five minutes down to literally 30 seconds so um but yeah it's just instant teleportation okay that is that is a definite interesting phenomenon <laughs> that i'm sure once someone tries will be patched out no we're just yeah. trying to create more rescues. <laughs> if you are, Look, uh, man, we gotta get business booming, man. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this in the future in three eighteen live, uh, I, I apologize for this ill advice. Um, do not throw yourself off the nearest skyscraper, uh, either in game or IRL. Uh, you cannot guarantee teleportation to your nearest spaceport. Um, but it, it is really interesting because you actually do the most interesting of that. And um, our science guys have actually been trying to figure this out. And because we can't formulate an issue council around it, because the problem is, um, even though it's replicable, uh, when you teleport to the spaceport, you actually, even if you die, if you hit the concrete, you you just instantly regenerate. There's no rhyme or reason, which means the game, which we believe, we believe Pez is actually tying it to the hospital. So when you jump off and you die, the system behind the server says you're in the hospital and you're in a bed, but then you're actually not. And so we've been trying to see, like the few of us have been doing it, trying to see if it has like any kind of ramifications on long-term gameplay. Like what kind of bugs do I experience from teleporting like that? You know, do I, do I develop some kind of space parasite because I'm breaking the cracking? <laughs> Interesting. Now, out of curiosity, it's only when you jump off a building. It's not when you die other ways uh, Correct. so far. Yep. Uh, we have not been able to replicate it in any other way. We um, we tried getting ran over by the shuttle at Orison. Um, you know, just uh, ju trying to get the door. When the door opens up, you can get squished and pinched right there. Um, we've tried backspacing. It just takes you to the hospital. Um, we think there's precautions built in place. Like, anytime you get hit by the shuttle, there's a precaution in place to transport you back to the hospital. Anytime you backspace, there's a precaution in the system to transport you back to the hospital. It is literally so far, only when you jump off the hab. Um, if you actually <laughs> jump, and uh, I learned this the hard way, um, if you jump off the Crusader uh, roof, like you're going to the platforms to do Siege of Orson or the new platform oh, like missions. The um, yeah, uh, do, do not jump off the skyscraper there. It, it does not tell you back to the spaceport, and you just have a very sad time explaining to the doctor that treats you why you jumped off the roof trying to teleport. So, <laughs> Wow, that is uh, very unique uh i would have never even figured that out unless i accidentally fell so you guys are really <laughs> testing the game 
Yeah, quite a bit of us. What we, we do here at Slipstream. <laughs> it's what we do. It's uh, it's part of the experience. I mean, it's one of those things of again, we can't. You know, it's. I'm gonna be sad the day when we stop experiencing these kinds of bugs because. I mean, the science motto is literally, you know, discovering the physics around you. You know, the physics in our world makes sense. The physics is our citizen need discovery. So, yeah, that I I don't know if I'll feel that sad about the bugs being gone, but <laughs> I I get the sentiment. I get it. Um, it's like that old uh, car you keeps breaking down you know you're too stubborn to take it to a mechanic but you know you just know one more year just one yeah. more year <laughs> so i don't want to spend 10 grand on a new car the car i got just works just fine <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um now i did have one other uh sort of a follow-up question for you um uh, hectic because i um or heretic, sorry. I, I, want, I was going to say heretic. And for some reason <laughs> I've been called that. worse. Oh, Don't worry. Um, hectic too. It's okay. Uh, yes, Captain I am AK. quite hectic. <laughs> um, <laughs> reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> Just to clarify your for science, I meant to do it right before, right before, but we we talked about combustions and such. Uh, when you said salvaging a ship, do you mean the actual salvaged material or do you mean when a ship blows up and you're trying to actually get the commodities that the ship had oh okay so basically what i was talking about currently at the moment in time uh say you have your buddy who owns a freelancer max and is just tailing you to hold on to your cargo so you have more of it because Mm -hmm. the vulture is fairly limited in its cargo space um Mm -hmm. At the current moment, if you take an SCU box out of the Vulture and place it in the cargo grid of someone in your party or a ship that's not your own, like that's not in your hangar, Mm -hmm. it classifies it as stolen. And the only place you can sell that is at Grimhex or at like the reclamation disposal, no questions asked terminals. And I believe it's Mm -hmm. a lot less than the seven K that you would make just going back and forth, back and forth and back and forth. I thought I see, I was under the impression. I don't know why I thought this. I thought I saw something about it, but one, it could have changed between patches, but I was under the impression that, Unlike purchased commodities, the salvaged material doesn't have attributed ownership to it. Um, it so does. I thought you were able to freely move it. Yeah, it, it does right now. I think they kind of just was like, oh, hey, let's classify salvage as a commodity just to make it work. And I don't know all the dev and programming that went into creating rmc but that's just how it is right now that's just my i won't say educated guest but it's a guest nonetheless Mm -hmm. you're going to college you can be educated (laughs) no comment to that quailer (laughs) okay you said you you put it in somebody else's ship what if you're putting it into your own ship i want to test that okay I would love to go into the PTU, like, just have, say, um, I I own a Vulture and a Cutlass Black. I own a lot of ships. I'm, I'm already Grand Admiral. It, it's sad. But anyway, um, 
have one person go flying in my cutlass and tailing me while I'm in my vulture, and then we load up the back of the cutlass. I we ditch the vulture. I get into the cutlass once it's full and see if it'll let me sell. Yeah. Of course, I don't recommend doing that because claim times kind of suck and it might eat into your profits. It might be better to have your buddy take the vulture and stay away while you bring your cutlass into the station cell. There, there's a lot of possible ways we can work around this for the most profitability. Um, I will probably get some of the science guys to help me test this at some point, and uh, who knows? We could have something better than mining. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the. All right. I, I'm definitely going to test that because I'm so curious uh, as to. Um, Feel free to come to our Discord and give us a hand, man. Oh yeah, happy to do so. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, I do not have anything for science, so that <laughs> brings us to our question of the week. And for some reason, we have songs for everything but tips and tricks. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. you, but I'm vibing to this. Uh, yeah, we got a little tiki masala music for the question. <laughs> I think that's your... Uh tip of the week right you didn't have a tip this week but i think that's your tip a new uh new song for tips and tricks <laughs> there we go <laughs> yeah we go well the thing is cody cody did all of our music with the exception of um the trader song which is what this is called seaguard uh pumped this puppy out of garage band mm-hmm. and it's really um really vibey as you mentioned it is really vibey um, nice so it, get, it it always reminds me of um, it makes me think of um, kind of the the lore and environment that you see in Firefly and Serenity, where like Asian culture has been very um, widely permeated on a lot of these planets and 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 a lot of other cultures. So like the music sounds just kind of like could be kind of from anywhere, um, not not necessarily like just like white America country music kind of stuff. So that's what I always think of. Um, so last week we asked a couple of questions. So Seaguard asked of the community, why do you use or not use the in-game communication system? What is working or missing for you with the comm system? Uh, and then I asked, what are your takeaways and thoughts about the letter from the chairman? And what is one thing uh, you hope makes it into the game for 2023? <clears throat> so, um, King Beyond the Wall responded to my question, uh, which was, my initial thought was, man, I wish they'd hit one date they set out for. I feel that one, man. I- I'm with you there, bro. We New Year's was on time. <laughs> <laughs> and so Luminalia was I. started. Luminalia started. <laughs> Those sales were ready to go. <laughs> um, Strikeout Actual said, uh, this is to your question, Seaguard. I use local voice comms at times. It can be pretty hilarious interacting with random people. This game provides some interesting bugs, and if you get the right bunch of players, then you can be in for comedic treat. 
it would be cool if we had radio channels that we could tune to talk with different people, kind of like CB radio. People further off can become increasingly garbled, done right. It can sound really cool and immersive. For example, listen to some of the comms from the latest Skunkopoly video from Citizen Kate. As for the letter, at this point, I could care less. They miss predictions by years, not months. If Pyro comes, then great. I just want to focus on what I have in front of me now. Otherwise, I would drive myself crazy with disappointment. I so, respect that. So here's the funny yeah. thing. I really I don't want to interrupt. Um, and I, no, I really ahead. don't want to d- yeah, uh, discredit Strikeout's, um, Strikeout's comment there. Because it's, it's valid. It's a, the Star Citizen's comm link really is not set up the way that we think it is. Because it's not intuitive. However, this is really interesting to me. Because the feature he's asking for is actually in the comm links. It's actually in the game. I, I think it's an under underrealized thing because you can create for instance um we have for slipstream for the chiefs um and heretic probably doesn't even know he's still in it because uh, the game just resets so much it's coming on but um you can create uh group channels um and -hmm. group comps and those group comps actually do have a voip feature in it and so you can actually be in several different channels with different people um in groups and do pretty much exactly what he's saying like you could be in that VoIP channel and in a party and in two other channels as long as you've got the channel set up. The problem, I think, is yeah. people don't realize that they can create those channels because um, it's not intuitive by any means. You have to, and it doesn't always stick. It starts with this VoIP comms is very consistent of deleting channels just completely randomly. Mm. How, do you, exactly... how do you toggle between them, though? Uh, so you can toggle between them. Uh, this is one of those unintuitive things is when you go into the Moby Glass, you can actually go to your channels and then there's a the little tune-in button at the top. Now on general chat, it's always disabled. You can't turn off general. You always, everyone around you can always hear you locally. Um, but similar to how you toggle on and off party chat, there's a little slider. When you have those uh, communication channels, like we've got our slipstream one, you click on that, um, you can toggle in it. So like most of the time, I'm toggled out of it just because if um, someone's in the server and I just have it to be, I don't mm-hmm. want them to just be, you know, be playing. And then even if we're not in a the party, then they're like, oh, why do I hear Quaylar? He's on the other side of the galaxy and we're not even in the party. And, um, right. you know, so you can toggle between them, but you do have to stop, open your Moby Glass. There's no hotkeys for it. Yeah. Um, so it yeah. is in the game. It's just not intuitive at all. Right. You the can change noticed, channels, though. You can tab between channels. There's a way to do that. That um, is true. And the other thing he talked about was the um, the quality of the sound deliberately deteriorates to the point where your connection no longer works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done it ship to ship, um, and it's it was about, I think it was like 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers, and you can no longer communicate. But there is a distance. It goes away completely. So you could only talk, your channel would only be exist between your ship internally at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate but... to sort of do this, but since we don't usually use this time to expand out ideas, but um, what do we think about like comms? Because this, you sit there and you go, what, what would a comms officer really do? How cool would it be? Maybe not to the same effect or the same degree as the expanses where you have to tight beam to a ship or, or do a broad broadcast. But how cool would it be to sort of have a little bit more of a gameplay element to comms? Like, you know, you know, connect me with this ship and, and, you know, having to need to do something right manually in order to do that huge i think it's huge that'd be pretty cool 
Yeah, I, I, I can't I, wait to see players go around having a profession in uh, telecom operation. <laughs> so, I mean, I know. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I having, know it's having been up. an actual battle captain for real battles in the army. Absolutely. That's as what you long do. as you don't sit in Lorville and connect citizens no, no. to phone calls. See, I know it's no, no. one of those things too that doesn't really quite work yet too, but you can kind of do that right now too if you're um if you're the owner of a ship and you want a multi crew and you don't wanna you know, as long as you don't wanna be the pilot and you, you wanna be that kind of comms officer. Um, the owner of the ship can sit in the co-pilot seat and um, the Moby Glass, the comm MFD doesn't work, but if you actually call the station um, in your Moby Glass, the hangar doors will open and close regardless of if someone else is driving it. Um, I know mm-hmm. the MFD only works if you're trying to leave the sh- um, the hangar, but uh, the Moby Glass works both times you're calling the hangar in and calling out, and you don't have to sit in the pilot seat to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I thought is because I know you were using it during our last event. I believe you were in comp in VoIP comps. It was I turned everything up and I still couldn't hear you. Oh, that's yeah. true too. Yeah, the volume. Yeah, is the just, audio is really is weird. really bad. It's it's honestly worse than I think I've ever seen it before. It, it used to be very clear and very like to the point where I had to turn it down. But um, it's definitely clear that something's going on with the with the system that we just can't see. Yeah. I at the end of the day, I really hope CIG not only fixes the proximity chat, but hopefully we can get something more akin to what I said what with what we did during our Jumptown event where we have a radio like DCS SRS or the TFAR Arma 3 mod if uh, you play Milsim over in the Arma community. Yeah, that would uh, uh, definitely any any expansion upon what we currently have will be awesome. Um, okay, so then Chappie, I am Chappie, uh, said, <laughs> I can't believe uh, CR is still making release date estimates. Doesn't matter how many caveats he adds, people still get their panties in a wad. I'd say there's a 5% chance this is live in 2023. But a 25% chance it's in Evocati sometime in Q1 2024. So Chappie's taking the slightly pessimistic, but let's face it, probably realistic point of view. Um, Honestly, he, he my he's pretty close to my expectations personally. I think optimistically, I'm hoping we at least get Evocati sometime Q4 23. Yeah, I would 4, be very 4. happy 0. with that. I'd be very happy with that. Because at least we can get some leaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, then uh, Sir Scruffy said, Thoughts on Chairman's letter? After listening to the episode of Citizen Cast, I'm not surprised. As a new player, I'm still amazed by the game for being an alpha um, stat. Stat? Uh, in uh, alpha state. Alpha state. Yeah. state. There we go. Alpha state. Um, and it feeling like a double A game, uh, <laughs> Sir Scruffy. That is some hype. Um, but I I get where you're going with it. Um, for sure. That is true. For for an alpha, there actually is quite a lot. I'm not saying that it justifies the ten years it's been in development for, mm. but the game right now, as it stands, is 
actually quite impressive and fun if you're hanging out with like slipstream and whatever it, it, the game does have some experiences you won't find in any other sure. game i think that's yeah. definitely highlighted by the recent media popularity i mean we've seen it slipstream seen it um with other orgs um even our own org um you know we've had we've seen uh, like uh, just not to promote another org out here, but um, like the Medrunner org, we've seen people. You know, they're kind of running on the trauma team hype. Their their whole shtick is strictly medical. That's their whole thing, and they're very trauma team, cyberpunky based. Um, Pain but I, plans, yeah. all that sort of thing. Yeah, so you got there. Uh, you know, you got like a couple streamers who stream like that organization. Um, then posted YouTube like streamers or YouTubers that have had maybe two or three videos before, and just showcasing. I mean, they. I think the video that I saw that went viral that had I think it's up to like almost. I think it's like like a hundred thousand views I now. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's yeah, up there now. It's a lot. Uh, I mean, they're literally just doing a single bunker mission, and it's just the mm-hmm. fact that it's not even about the med runners. It's about what it is is people playing the game together in a cooperative mode and people looking at it like, well, that's that's what Star Citizen can be. Like that's news to me. Yeah. It's I, not I think a tech too, demo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well the other thing too you see a lot um kind of related to this is there are a lot of people who are very new to the game mm-hmm. who started you know, they, they had a community of followers before with different games, and now they're like, I'm trying out Star Citizen. And you look, and their view counts are crazy high. And I think the, the, the cool part about it, or why it's probably the case, is partially because they already had a fan base. Uh, it's also, like you said, that curiosity around Star Citizen. But I also think a lot of people, like, I find myself watching the newbie reactions a lot because it reminds you of the awe that you felt the first time you walked out of Port Alisar and saw those rings spinning mm-hmm. and saw Crusader in the distance. He's silhouetted by <clears throat> an aurora. i i too share the loathing for the aurora that you have check off but um, i'm not sure if it's aurora or hall a is the one i hate i like them both (laughs) i don't Um, (laughs) but i will say this uh the aurora is as confirmed by cig to this date the uh, most owned ship in the verse, which which is to be expected. I mean, that's yeah. its purpose. It's meant sure. to be that initial low cost starter ship, and sure. it's honestly, um, uh, I don't know how big on leaks you guys are or not, but uh, um, you know, I think we've seen some concept art out there that showcases some kind of modifications to the war, whether that's Quadrant Forty Two or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that people get hyped about the Aurora that um, maybe will come and maybe not i think it's a fan dream and not to take off the track from the conversation too much but is the the thought of the aurora eventually having the the wing system that it kind of looks like it does like it should look like a dragonfly and it it doesn't um i think that's a, a lot of hype around the aurora as well 100 mm. percent. um a lot and a lot of people love that brick they just love it you know there are many like it but this one is mine (laughs) yeah exactly and Um, as most people would say and you could keep it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. i will take it struts and all 
Hey, back when um, it was the only ship in the game and you had the freelancer and you're staring at it, I, I think most people were... I mean, I was in all back in 2015 when that was a thing, so I can't imagine new mm. people coming in and seeing the same thing. And I could actually fly it yeah. and use it. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I, I love seeing new people being awed by that and then all of a sudden they're, they're checking out other ships and they're like, wait a second, you guys have a yacht? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me casually rolling up in my A90. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Undead Parrot uh, said, for the first question, only a few times with the proxy comms. The whole system needs an overhaul to be useful. For now, Discord's enough. On the other hand, the proxy comms has potential for some random, just random, interesting interactions with other players. Once all the places, uh, once everywhere will be populated, uh, or more populated, I should say. Um, His second question or his response to the second question was nothing new under the sun or Stanton. I have no doubt that the people at CIG will be doing their best trying to get server meshing ready. And while I believe that there are competent, they are competent people. It would be interesting to know if they're even able to recruit enough experts to build such a network technology. If they're trying to build something extraordinary, I would imagine it requires extraordinary people. And many of those are probably working in completely different fields with far better salaries. (laughs) One, (laughs) one thing that would be important to get out ASAP, but probably won't happen are the master modes. Now we're just waiting for what the space combat will be looking like in the future without any possibilities uh, for training for it. Out of the more realistic stuff, persistent hangers would be nice, especially if it would include personal hangers where you can put stuff on display, etc. Would be a fun little addition to the game. Hmm. Um, That's a great point. Master modes. That is a great point with the master modes. I, uh, I, I think the master modes definitely are a welcome and i know some people seem to be very shocked and taken a lot i know it's a very controversial subject right now in the community but it's the master modes is a welcome thing for people who aren't playing the game for the pvp because people come in the game and you know you look at it and think i I mean well just face value you're looking and say, mm, I want to be, you know, the next Mandalorian. I want to be Star Trek. I want to be this. And mm-hmm. people want to run cargo. They'll be space truckers. And they're used to like Elite where you can turn that solo mode. And Star Citizen has never claimed to be a single player game. So with the master mm-hmm. modes is what they're trying to do is, hey, we understand not everyone wants to do this. And so we're going to give you an option here. We're going to make it exciting and make it to where it's going to be a chase. You know, so if you're in a ship that's Caterpillar C2, you're not going to be able to, you know, fight your way out of there you can easily switch in this other mood and get out of there i think that's a great idea it's a great direction personally for the game um but i think i think he's right i think it's it right spot on he, it needs to come sooner than later because it's gonna be a controversial thing and it's not gonna be right on the first pass on top yeah. of that uh i really hope they get the armor system in place before then so we'd have at least a little bit of protection with no shield. yeah yeah, uh, especially with ballistics being what they are today. Oh man, the Inferno is crazy in three eighteen. <laughs> if you don't got one, buy one at the Crusader showroom, or if you have the money, buy one on the Pledge store. That thing's nasty in the PT right As now. As someone who daily flies the Turtle, the Terrapin, 
I, I, I'm <laughs> half looking forward to the armor, while also not looking forward to it, because I'm, I'm going to miss having the highest HP health in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it should still maintain some pretty good durability, I would say. <laughs> um, Are You Losing My Mind said, in-game, com- in-game comms need to be their own app and need to work outside of the game. Otherwise, there's no reason to use it rather than Discord. That sounds a lot uh, like TFAR and TeamSpeak for Arma 3. Well, didn't... You know, I, I'm probably dating myself here with CIG, and I get my gears confused because they just kind of blend in together with Star Citizen. Um, they're becoming more distinct as of late, which is good for the game, but didn't Star Citizen and CIG specifically... Um, actually come up and, and openly say they were developing a mobile app to integrate into mm-hmm. the game to specifically allow that. Because um, I think they wanted to kind of compete with Game Glass a little bit, but then they kind of adapted them, and I don't know if that ever got completely disbarred, if that was part of the, um, you know, when they lost the subcontractors, if or if they still plan on doing it. That's a interesting. haven't thought about that in a while. My understanding was the app, this was before VoIP was announced or even explored, but the idea was the app was supposed to integrate Spectrum uh, from a mobile app um, all the way through to in-game so that you can keep track of org activities and everything and even even your your balance on your banking app and, and you can even transfer funds from the app and things like that um, all from outside the game. Um, I would imagine that's going to be one of the last things they do. That's fair. I, I can definitely see them wanting to slow roll that because it's. I mean, it's the same reason why a lot of the stuff has been a game. It's because I mean, a, a good example of the development mindset. Um, I think he also poked. Uh, <laughs> I think I laughed at it. The uh, you know people working completely different fields far better salaries. I mean, um, you know, I, my day job is literally working with rockets. Um, but I mean, I've done game development. I, I still do game development in my. Um, kind of free time and get paid for that as well and trust me what I do for a day job pays far better and I do a bit of network engineering and um, what they're asking for to do server meshing is not unlike other games a lot of games have the static server meshing that's what almost every game that has open world MMOs like a uh, um, Skyrim uh, what is it called Elder Scrolls Online has uh, that kind of thing but um with with these other systems that they have on the back end uh look at like just uninstalling star citizen that's a good point of why they can't do a lot of stuff is because they know that there's going to be so much rework they would have to do if they put those systems in now like if they uninstalled they don't know what they have to install yet we don't know what vulcan's going to do they didn't know what gen 12 was going to do so incorporating stuff like a third-party comm system just is incredibly low priority is it a quality of life improvement for those who miss the you know days of voip when voip would just work all the time um absolutely but it's you know the comm system in the game is going to change as we get those new systems online yeah yeah definitely um fractum seraph said for comms another direction they could go is just integrate with discord and he included the Discord API. He said, <laughs> I doubt it'll happen, but we all use Discord anyways. That um, would be a dream come true for <laughs> Slipstream. <laughs> yeah, there are base for everything. I mean, it's not wrong. I think a lot of 
a lot of companies would hesitate. It's the same reason why a lot of people, you know, like Steam, for example. Steam is a great example of a company that incorporated a lot of games into its system. Um, I mean, I'm talking about one I played recently, like Project Zomboy, that, that integrates, it's, you know, it's got an inbuilt server system for joining people, and that's not really intuitive for people at all. You have to go online to figure out how to do it if you're not an IP expert. Um, but, you know, it uses Steam's system on top of that. And the problem, I think, with CIG, I mean, just look at how they do the development cycle. Everything is in-house or directly subcontracted through them. Um, I don't think, uh, honestly, I think integrating any kind of external Discord-like system is kind of off the table with CIG. I think everything for them has to be built in-house from scratch. Um, I mean, you, especially given their history with the CryEngine people, uh, with the engine itself uh, and reusing that existing legacy system. So would it be nice? Mm. Yeah, but it's not a, it, I don't think we can expect any kind of external integration in the future. I agree. I, I think the closest thing you could get is I could see Star Citizen doing something like buying Game Glass. Absolutely. But I don't, but I don't see like a Discord. I think what they're trying to accomplish is so in-game focused. The question will be, can they create the same level of uh, customizability to drive community actions in-game as much as out-of-game? Because even, I mean, Spectrum itself isn't that bad at being able to be a 99.9% substitute for discord. The challenge is, you know, we have these communities. If you look at the, the parlay house discord, half the time people are just in the discord because we're hanging out with each other. And some people are playing a completely different game. Yes. <laughs> um, so it does make it hard to try and draw people away from that. They're going to need to have a very compelling in-game solution in order to, drive people to use that system i would think that's fair i, I mean with i would point to spectrum as a good example of this because there's a very similar concept in that it's a forum location dedicated where people can go um i mean i, I don't think i have to explain to anybody how you know uh, how very aggressively um opinionated spectrum is versus the overall community as a large, right? A lot of the, mm -hmm. you know, if I talk to someone on Reddit, I'm going to get a vastly different mindset from the opinion of the community than I am on Spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. And I think part of the problem with CIG's mindset of doing everything in-house does kind of hurt them on a community aspect as far as you're not going to have those same opinions transferring over from place to place and trying to isolate them in one single, you know, internal system just didn't work i mean i i can count on a handful of how many people i mean just looking at slipstream itself how many people still have the default profile photos because not even just because they don't want to change it but because they don't know how to because they have to go through spectrum to do it and that's not something that they've they've dealt with and even if i message people in spectrum um I, i'm probably less likely to get a reply from players who have played even within the last year because they've never they don't even know you can direct message people in spectrum Mm -hmm. so yeah think, yeah just encourage them to use that internal system is going to be a pain itself um i mean even now like the question above we answered earlier about uh um the you know the in-game voip of creating channels and being able to kind of use radio comms it's there it's unintuitive and there's no plans to revisit it on the horizon 
Yeah. Yeah, that that feels between that and like in-game orc features, a lot of that stuff all feels like later down the pipe. Yeah. Um Drow has said in-game comms would be great in a team setting or on ships. CIG could make something mandatory of using in-game comms when on a ship. Um, would also be unique. However, it needs to work flawlessly first. Um, <laughs> regular co-host Skyguard said, I use local voice comms to talk with people not in Parlay House slash Discord occasionally. However, I mainly use Discord because of its ease of use, and I can talk and coordinate with people who are not already in-game. Uh, Grocket said, I use Discord for almost all chat mainly because I play with a small group of friends and the immersion of the chat doesn't outweigh the ability to move, shoot, and communicate effectively. I think most in-game or app-based chat that also houses the game suffers from major lag or issues that make it close to unusable. Looking at you, Steam <laughs> chat. <laughs> that's, that's funny. But see, what's interesting is that's the same thing that people would expect with Pez. You, you expected Pez, um, you know, it's a system that exists subsequently to the server itself. So, mm. I, I mean, I don't think a lot of people even understand that the, um, the friends list and the VoIP in the general chat is an entirely different system than the game. It's not even connected. It's all the spectrum. If you see someone yeah. uh, in the main menus of Star Citizen, you can look to the right. You can see uh, that it's in... Um, you know, people in Spectrum on there. It's also a little bit say underneath their name in Spectrum because it's just one mm. larger communication system. Yeah. It's uh, it, Spectrum, funny enough, also has the best way to locate a fellow player if you only sort of know their name uh, versus in-game. Um, so I've added many a, a, a friend via Spectrum because I sort of know their name, but I'm trying to remember the spelling of it. Um, <clears throat> or their exact, you know, um, you know, like yeah, does, the handle. Does check off forty two have an underscore or no? <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> very true. I know we definitely use it for when we get uh, when we're in game and we get a ticket because we have the the um, internal system we use for substream that comes from the website and inside Discord and inside other people's discord i think it's i think it's actually in citizen cast discord as well um mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so we get those tickets we're in game we want to add that person as quickly as possible a lot of us keep spectrum open because that is actually just like you said it's a way more efficient way of trying to add somebody find somebody than trying to use the in menu <laughs> you go back to the main menu and locate somebody and hope you remember you spelled the name right yeah yeah exactly because it looks up both both the handle and the other, which I can't remember the names of both, but it looks up both names, not just the in-game name or not just the Spectrum name. Um, Miss, Mr. Tam! Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a good version of that voice, but whatever. Uh, he said, number one, the in-game comms work half-ass at best. I pro it probably took me a few months to even realize there was a push-to-talk button. That's the plus for anyone who doesn't know. Hopefully, with the new tech coming online, they'll go back and make better Moby apps and bring comms up to par. As everyone stated already, Discord is the way to go at the moment. Uh, and then in response to question number two, he said, I skimmed through the BS that Roberts fed us. It's all about marketing, in my opinion. Chris has big ideas and most sound cool as the F word. I don't want to get too 
shocking with our cursing. But when and what we actually get, uh, only time will tell. I just take it in stride and don't get bent when deadlines are missed. Always love to see when you drop a podcast. Hope you feel better by now at Way Too Geeky. I do feel better by now. Um, although I keep getting a little tickle in my throat today, but I think that's just I'm still not used to talking this much. Uh, and that's someone who had eight interviews on Monday and eight tomorrow. Oh, that's fine. I talk to a lot of people, but I have breaks in between. He's um, he's not wrong. I mean, I don't know if anyone can ever suggest that CIG's main focus and Chris Roberts himself hasn't been marketing. Yeah. I think the one thing to note, and and I, actually I, I don't think Mr. Tim's bitter at this point. I think he's just being honest. <laughs> I think the thing to note, the, the shift that has been most exciting to me in the past year, year and a half, uh, you know, obviously new gameplay and new things being released is really important and we're never going to get a full game uh, without it. But the quality of life improvements that they've been working on, trying to make the game a better experience as they layer in these new things makes it a lot better than what we used to have. Like patches don't feel like, like I said earlier, patches don't feel like they break the game for me anymore. Um, and so if it continues to be playable, then it feels like we're just playing a game that keeps getting better and better, but it's a little buggy versus crazy buggy. Um, (laughs) excellent. So those are all of the responses. Um, uh, Seagard, what is your question for this week? All right, so this one is a little different. Um, so this one, I've already posted it. Um, you already you have want... responses, too. <laughs> yeah. Do you want established quantum uh, traffic space lanes for travel or just point-to-point QT? Um, what advantages do you think would be appropriate for using established space lanes? Great question. Um Excellent. Now, uh, in terms of the Q&A this week, no, oh, that's the other section that doesn't have any any sound either. Tip number two. Um, there we go. There we go. There you go. But uh, we didn't get any submissions this week, so uh, we wouldn't need the music anyway. Wah, um, wah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I guess uh, before before no one has any questions for us because they so they're like, for oh, science yeah. if you can do that for if you can do that for QA then I think for science you could do <laughs> bah, 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 wah. we already have for science yes. oh yeah you mean tips right. and the tricks music yeah there you go tips and tricks it'd be porno music why bah, just because just the tip bah, bah, <laughs> and tricks. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Turn in tricks. <laughs> oh, goodness. See, it's episodes like this that make me sad because we probably have eight titles within the content of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Tips and tricks. <clears throat> the number Two of, of times- which is throwing uh, my myself and the chief executive here under the bus. But... <laughs> hey, I'm in it for the vibes, bro. 
<laughs> There's a quarter slot on the end of the bed. <laughs> I might just uh, lock myself in a box for a week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, excellent. Now, I guess before we wrap up, I would love any closing thoughts from you guys about Slipstream or, um, you know, and, and also let us know where we can find you uh, when you start Honored Heretic. So um, I, I just want to give a couple of shout outs because I know there's going to be quite a few people from Slipstream that are probably going to listen to this mostly to probably laugh at both me and Quaylar. But that's besides the point. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Chief of Medical Crisis. Um, he is basically just always on top of everything, knows how to keep me in check because I can be a bit of a rat sometimes. Uh, I'd also like to thank uh, Chekhov uh, for c- inviting both me and Quaylar onto uh, the Citizen Cast here. It was sure. great. It was awesome having you guys reach out to us and plugging us in your Discord. It's really motivating for not just us in management, but for an org as a whole, that we're being our actions are being noticed outside. Um, I'm going to plug in the website. Um, if you want to be a part of this, whether you want to use our services or help make those services happen by becoming a volunteer, you can find all of that at www slipstreamsar.com and we hope to uh, make the verse a better place excellent uh, Quailar any uh, closing thoughts for yourself no for sure just want to uh, reiterate that sentiment there really appreciate Chekhov reaching out to us and including us in this um, hopefully hopefully uh, we get invited back on and uh, don't extend your uh, podcast times longer than they need to be um, <laughs> I, I, I think this is officially the record one no? this is a good one <laughs> there you go uh, uh, it's, it's <laughs> close it's close I don't know if it is the longest but it's close oh well that's your little me talk so I can I can keep going if you want um I'm not going to go okay they sent heretic specifically to prohibit me from doing that that's not even a lie um I will say <laughs> that is true that is true I was specifically instructed by the chief of medical to uh, shut Quailer up if need be <laughs> this is true feel free to cut my mic at any time in this process um i i will say it is a uh, it is really appreciative um uh, you you understand the uh, slipstream has been a lot i mean you you see us we we don't really market too much our, our marketing uh, i've said this from the beginning and heretic can uh, confirm this that literally the marketing strategy we've had as an org and really any org in star citizen or any really guild and any kind of other game these staff you know it doesn't matter if you're we got 50 members five i mean we started with four people i think and then i joined when there was 20 and before i became the leader of the organization is you know play the game get out there we, we plug our on-duty message it just lets people know we're there and that's it we don't you know we don't actively recruit um we post messages saying hey use our services and that's it we let people know we're there we move on um yeah you know doing our job really 
Yeah, it, and uh, it's been working. We're at what, like two hundred and sixty-three now, or something like yeah, that. Two thirty-eight uh, at the, the time. We're the fifth of this. largest medical org oh, yeah. in Star Citizen right yeah. now. Yeah, we would be up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> other circumstances. Um, but yeah, I think we we were the lowest for the longest time. Um, we sat at number six for I think um, uh, about two months, and then we got up to number five in I think December twelfth. So a little a little less than a month ago at the time of uh, of this recording. Um, so we you know and literally we you can look us up. Um, you know it's slipstreamsar.com. There's a big button that says rescue me. That's will send us immediately to your location. There's no Discord. That's one of the things that set us apart. One of the things we've tried to be part is we want to be as accessible as possible. You know, we we took what we did or not what we did, but what Fuel Rats did in like Elite Dangerous and other games of these very complicated game that needs a lot of support and said, hey, what can we do to make sure that it's accessible to you? Um, I mean, Citizen Cast here that you know incredible. You guys have. Um, our rescue me button inside your discord um you are one of 16 uh either discords um or organizations that have actually included us so far and that bot has only existed in i believe the last two weeks so um two or three yeah yeah. uh so the bot itself has only existed since i think it's always existed on the website um the discord mod it was i think it was like first week of december maybe around ie time roughly was when we got that online yeah and that's that's just our internal system that's not even the full integration everything's integrated and um i know it's not a novel concept for groups to have these kind of web systems and stuff um but the way that ours works is you know our group activates specifically in discord and so you can be in your discord you can be in our discord you can be on the website and you can always reach us um you know if you don't have a discord you can literally go on the website we actually have a live chat thing you can actually click and there's an integration on the website you can actually view our inside our discord and talk to volunteers real time talk to us real time without even having a discord account um, you can just go click on live chat and you could you'll see everybody right there and it allows people who play star citizen to you know we're talking about what could they do for comms you know well this is why discord is for us is at least the best place because we've made it to where people who join the organization don't have to leave discord and people who want to use us don't have to join it so it's kind of the best mm-hmm. of both worlds for us so um, and the last and final option in regards to contacting us that Quailer didn't mention is if just look for our message in chat a lot of us are fairly active albeit it's slowed down a little bit given the drought between the patch the PTU Mm -hmm. and 318 live but especially when 318 goes live just keep an eye out for us we'll all be playing regularly and we will be doing rescues and all Mm. sorts of uh things to help you out and have a better time in the verse yeah so i think final thoughts from really me is like you know um it's past cycles are are gonna happen we'll have these lulls um you know i think the game is in a great state we're moving forward to a a better spot we've been since I've even pledged or even heard of Star Citizen. It's it's a really good time to be joining in. I think we see a lot of organizations increasing um, their memberships due to the amount of press and hype that's happening around Star Citizen now. Um, and I, I don't expect Substream to slow down anytime soon with that. And you know, our main goal is just to be the ones out there. You know, we've we've got the motto, um, you know, for free for you forever because we 
generally believe that the game should be played and we've played with others and um you know we've got the rescue challenge echo that's happening right now that encourages people to uh actually join and you can earn real life money and in-game money um to actually helping other people um don't want to plug that <laughs> plug the event going on but yeah you can earn money going um just literally playing the game uh, meeting new people helping new people and uh as far as you know star citizen goes and just in general um moving forward with slipstream it's been a great experience for me and um working with heretic and some of the other chiefs that we have in slipstream and seeing organizations grow and come and um i look forward to seeing what 2023 brings us as far as uh content from star citizen and um hopefully if uh Y'all have me before you uh, use that little hook and cane you see on uh, tropes of getting people off the stage. Um, well, uh, we'd like to come back again and come on, hook say already. hi and see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but we really appreciate y'all taking the time and uh, you know getting the word out there that we're there. And uh, you know, we like I said, we we're a volunteer organization. We don't pretend to be exclusive. Um, there's a, actually I think there's two people in our management team who. Um, their main organization isn't even Substream, it's other orgs. And I think that's what really helps us maintain that activity of being open to all just because we want to be that center of community of if you need help, you don't have the in-game money and you don't have the time and you just want to make sure you get up, out, and on your way where, where the people to go to. Keep on going, Amazing. Quailer. We almost hit the record. I did warn you. <laughs> we did hit the record. I I just uh, checked for cross refer cross reference. We hit the record. Uh, wow. four minutes ago. <laughs> so <laughs> extra content. Stream back at it again, breaking records. This is very true. And you know, one thing. Um, I guess the final, final thought here, and I really hate to do this. Don't worry, there will be a final, final, final thought after this. One. You know, well, it's funny. It's just like we, we always seem to be a part of this. It's a, it's, it's the slipstream luck. It seems to happen. We, we ended up playing PTU for three, uh, three seventeen four. Um, it was like the half patch when they were testing the hundred player servers. Oh um, yeah, and, the eight ninety. And this is something that is very interesting. So like you know, we, we just seem to have this reputation, and we've developed the community. Like, we have people. Even though we're only 200 something strong, we've, we've developed a tissue of joining service. People are like, oh, you guys are the guys who did this because, um, like, just as, in this example with A90, we joined the very first test ever of CIG testing 100 player servers. This is before mm -hmm. the morphologist stuff, this is before everything else. This is literally the very first time CIG said, we're opening up, we're testing 100 player servers. Um, everybody join this, see what happens. And we were the very first people, at least organization wise. I think we were. I think a third of I that think we server. Were the only order. Yeah, I think we had about twenty or thirty people in there for the first time. So, um, you know, and so we have this just ongoing. I think we actually Slipstream itself has had three separate private conversations with CIG this year, or at least in 2022 we did. Um, specifically, wow. yeah, uh, some of it good, some of it, uh, some of it bad. But it's it, we got noticed. Um, uh, but it's mostly just because we we do so much uh, testing and playing and activity wise. You actually see us. If you go through the Slipstream Discord and you actually go through the activity on Spectrum, you'll actually see us almost all, even though we're only 200, you'll see us at the top of activity in Spectrum. Mm -hmm. We've been at, I think we reached number one about nine, ten times last so, year. Yeah, um, sometimes. And then I think we typically stick around sometime between five and up. And I mean, there's orgs like Test Corporation and stuff that are, 
you know, 10,000 strong. And then even like the med runners and number one medical right now, um, as far as membership goes, we're even above them in activity. So I think that says something to just, we want to play the game and we're out there doing stuff. So. Our org is the bedwetters. That guys is amazing. Um, We, I, 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 can't speak for everyone, but I'm sure I, I'm sure everyone agrees it was great having you guys on. It really was. Thank yeah. you for having um, us, man. Thanks. Yeah. Well, for the listeners out there, if you have, I, I will include also a link to your org page so people can navigate to it. But uh, if you have any questions for next week's episode, you can submit them by emailing us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. Uh, you could DM our Twitter handle, although I'll be honest, I've don't see those DMs a lot at citizen cast SC. You can submit a message through anchor. You could also join our discord where we section off all these different segments, or you can text or leave a voicemail at six, four, six, seven, eight, three, eight, one, five, four. As always, if you're looking for a crew, looking for other orgs, looking for people to just simply play the game in between your solo sessions, check out the community over at parlay house it's a neutral zone for all players to hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best damn space sim the verse has to offer. Uh, links can be found in the show notes. And, of course, as we always mention, we have some other friends of the show who are content creators. So don't forget to watch uh, Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrots videos on YouTube. Uh, listen to the music that Admiral Cody and Calibri have created, uh, some of which you hear in our episodes. Uh, and of course, if you haven't already, I don't know how you could have missed this if you are a Star Citizen player who's active, but Star Jumps, uh, Fleet Viewer, uh, which friends of the show, Grim and VMZO, put a lot of work in to create. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Wow. <laughs> It was a long episode, but it... go. <laughs> uh, on the plus side, guys, uh, most of our listeners tell us they don't care how long the episodes are. Yeah, well, that's like they're a good taking thing. jobs farther away so they can listen to the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the the most important thing. Oh, I forgot to mention. Thank you, Cody, for fixing last week's episode. <laughs> he fixed it for us. Uh, we had a little technical issue. Uh, so he was able to blend the audio together seamlessly. Good job, Cody. Good job, Cody. Thank you, Cody. You get a virtual delayed high five. Stream. <laughs> Hopefully he listens to the end of the episode so that he can hear that. He can audio edit to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Maybe I'll ask him to edit this just so he can hear it. Ah, there you go.